I only know one way. That's the Padre way. I'm proud as heck to be a San Diego Padre. I played for one team. I played in one town. Smith is ready. Wynn waiting to pitch. There's a drive. Right center field. Base hit. And there it is. Oh, doctor. You can hang a star on that, baby. A star for the ages for Tony Gwynn. Number 3,000. Broadcasting from America's finest digital studios, this is the 5.5 Podcast. Today, the guys will put a bow on this shit show of a season, and they will tell you what you should expect to see next year. For the last time this season, here are your hosts, Danny Ortiz and Eric LeBou. And welcome back, everybody, to the final episode of the 5.5 Podcast. That's right, Eric. We have finally reached the end. I am your host, Danny Ortiz, alongside Eric Labou, and we have made it. We finally made it. Yeah, finally the season's over with, and we we do uh, we apologize for missing out on last week. Both Danny and I were, were sick at the same time. Deathly ill. Which is ironic, because we shared the same stripper. <laughs> well, I don't think you were sharing. I think I was just taking liberty. Yeah. So anyways... <laughs> Uh, my bachelor party was last uh, last Sunday, so Saturday or Saturday, yeah. Excuse yeah, it me. Just rolled into Sunday. It all blurred together. Yeah, it really did. All, all I can say is I will never look at whipped cream, and I'll never look at blow pops the same ever again. Yeah. And that's what we'll leave it at that. As far as what happened and that night. Thanks to your brother, I'll also never look at Asian women the same. <laughs> Oh Christ! So my brother, okay, I'll I'll, I'll get into we'll, it. We'll throw it out there. And and if I have any family listening, then they know how my brother Sean is. So He's a nice young man. He here's how cheap my brother is. On his 18th birthday, he went to the casino. I don't know if he went to Viejas or Saquon. He went to the casino with his friends, and when he came home, my mom asked him, said, "Hey, Sean, did you have a good time? How'd it go?" And he was pissed. He goes. I lost a dollar and seventy five cents on the penny machine and I left. <laughs> <laughs> this same guy forked out a hundred and forty or hundred and sixty dollars to some Asian broad at Pacers. Now Pacers, you did a nice little two song dance for twenty bucks. Yeah, and so he looks uh, like six minutes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> times he, that by seven. That's what he dropped. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure he got nothing more than ripped off yeah. for sure. Yeah. So that was a trip. And I, I think the funniest part about that was we took two different Ubers down there because there was like 10 of us. Um, and I think the funniest part was what uh, our buddy Paul was saying, that when they got into their Uber, and I don't know if you were with them or not. No, no, we, no, I was with you. Okay, so Paul's Paul's like, yeah, when we got in the Uber, the guy said, oh, where are you guys going? We said Pacers. He said, oh, sick. And he just threw his GPS in the cup holder. He's like, I got this. <laughs> I think he drove with his eyes closed. He's like, check this out. Was it like a, like a Google car just drove? itself yeah exactly <laughs> preset yeah he knew his way around that's that's for sure oh, man it was an absolutely good time want to uh, shout out to uh at uh, uncle pimo for buying you a beer via venmo yeah he did a nice man yeah at least one of you motherfuckers bought me a beer no one else did i bought you a beer at pacers. no i'm talking about the listeners you oh. guys hooked it up i was like what are you talking about i bought you a beer at pacers the stadium i paid for two of your dances yeah yeah i'll be honest i shelled out a lot of money for a single dad i'll be honest <laughs> I, I was i was quite surprised at what you guys were able to pull off for me yeah. i was quite surprised i was not surprised at what the uh what the uh, house uh, house party uh, girls uh, pulled off for you yeah. things i don't ever <laughs> want to see again for the rest of my life dude i got kicked in the nuts yeah that was weird i I was right there. I didn't see that part. I was too busy. So I was laying yeah. down, and you know they're doing their thing, and and all of a sudden I feel I feel someone kick me in the nuts, 
And I'm like half buzz. I'm like, which one of you motherfuckers kicked me in the nuts? And then after they left, I was asking around. I was like, all right, fess up. Which one of you guys kicked me in the nuts? <laughs> fess up. And they're like, dude, that was her. And I'm like, what? Yeah, like, what the, the hell? It was the trashy. Yeah, we got catfished on these girls, by the way. Shocking. <laughs> by the way, not even close. Shocking. One looked like they could have been the one, one of the ones we ordered, but like 10 years past her prime. <laughs> She's basically like... The, the point where the Padres say, hey, let's sign him. Yeah. Was yeah. she the Chassin? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, the Chassin. Not the Jared Weaver. Yeah, I love how at the end they're like, hey, make sure you rate us on Yelp. Yeah. It's like, huh? What? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. So good anyways, times. Good yeah, times. very good times. We missed you guys, though. Yeah, we, we, we did. Missed you we really wanted weeks. a podcast. We, I mean, it came down to the wire last Monday, and Eric said, I'm sick. And I said, thank God, because so am I, and neither of us want to do this. Yeah, my voice is the first thing to go when I get sick, too. Yeah. And, and I woke up today not feeling that great, so... Um, I don't know. I'm, I feel like I'm good enough to do the show. I feel fine. So yeah, everything looks good. We've had our water. I ate. Uh, I ate on the way over here, so we're good to go. So yeah, we're at the end of the season. The Padres uh, pulled it off. They lost yesterday. Thank they did. God. Walk off bomb. Yeah, uh, Pablo Sandoval of all guys. That's yeah. how you know you're. You know you're a Padre fan when. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. But, uh, that's how they capped off. Cost the them the number one pick, by the way. Yeah. The Giants. Yeah. That's. Uh, yeah. How about the Tigers? Let's yeah. throw a shout-out to the Detroit Tigers. That's how you orchestrate a tank. I saw a stat in their last 45 games. They're 11-34. and 34. Yeah. That's how you do it. Yeah, and they had some nice guys. They had the guy they got uh, from uh, the Cubs, uh, Jimer Candelario, some other younger guys coming up. But that's how you orchestrate a tank. Yes. Just tear it down. Uh, but the Padres now have the number 7 uh, overall pick. So they're top ten. How do you feel about that, Eric? We'll just uh, we're going to jump into prospects. We'll jump into them finishing number seven since we're on the topic. They got Quantrill with the seventh pick, didn't they? No, they got him with the. I want to say the. I don't know. That's a good question. I'm pretty good sure question. it's the seventh. Whatever. Yeah. Um, I, I feel like as long as it's top ten, and I feel like when the season started, I was like, hey, hashtag road to hundred losses. That was the thing I was trying to get going because I wanted hundred losses. I wanted the number one pick. But then as the season goes on, it's like, hey, this isn't going to happen. And it's like, okay, well, give me top five. And then towards the end of the year, it's like, all right, well, hey, uh, top, top 10. 10. Top 10 will be fine. And that's where they ultimately ended up was with the seventh overall pick. So what I did after this last game, you know, they finished 71 and 91. I was looking through the calendar, and I was looking. I'm like, what games? Because the thing that sticks out to me the most was I believe it was in May. Remember when we swept the Cubs? Yes, and the Padres. They, they had no business sweeping the Cubs. No, they didn't. They also finished a game above 500 in July. Yeah, and all of us were, were like, "Oh, oh man, look at that Cub Busters, 84, baby!" And and we had no business wasn't sweeping even the alive Cubs. In 84. I'm pretty sure my dad was still a virgin. <laughs> More than likely, yeah. So if they if they lose those three, if they get swept um, against the, against the Cubs, then they win 68 games mm-hmm. this season, and that's a big difference in the draft stuff. It is. I think that moves them down at to run the fifth pick and you got to think you know we had a couple of our, our loyal listeners saying how great it was that the Padres finished you know a game above 500 in July what a great thing it was it really wasn't though because where do those wins get us now they get us a lesser pick they get and the biggest thing too Quantrill's drafted eighth by the way oh um, so you know but he was a risk because he had pitched all year but I mean they have number seven pick that's good but you also have to think about it they're not going to have the same kind of money to spend that they would even the next slot down, let alone the top three, which is really where I think we were all shooting for. So that's going to not necessarily handicap them, but they have to be more creative in how they sign guys and you know maybe signing guys to underslot deals or maybe reaching on one and hoping that another guy drops. That's where the complications come from. That's why we've been saying team tank, you know, they need to lose 
because it's going to make drafting easier. Now they're going to have to get a little bit more creative because they're going to have less money to spend. Yeah, and this one goes out to our buddy uh, Patrick Morgan at Uncle Pimo, the guy who, after I believe the Padres took two out of three against, I want to say it was either the Giants or the Dodgers. I want to say the Giants. He texts me, goes, "Fuck the tank, <laughs> fuck the tank, yeah. bro." And yeah. I'm, like, I'm like, "Hey, guy, like these wins, like now we're congrats, we're at the seventh overall pick." Yeah, how does it feel now, guys? I, I, I think you can say without a shadow of a doubt that this season was a complete failure. Absolutely. No, and absolutely. we were expecting losses, but I mean, it was a complete failure. You're was, 71 and 91. Yeah, I was I was not expecting. I mean, it's it's close. The thing is a couple things you couldn't you couldn't predict. I didn't think the Mets were going to be that bad. Um they they completely crumbled. The Giants were a they might be the worst. That was the biggest shocker to me. That they they are the biggest disappointment I think from a narrative standpoint, the biggest disappointment um, of the 2017 season. You knew the Phillies were going to be bad. You knew the Braves were fooling themselves into being good. The Twins did us a favor because they were supposed to be bad and they hung around. They actually made the playoffs. Yeah. Uh, even though they sold. <laughs> True. So there were some things that kind of bounced against the Padres that bounced for the Padres. Um, you know, the Tigers, I don't think, I would have never expected the Tigers to be that bad. I thought they'd be middling at best or at worst. You know, they'd be like a 75 80 win team. I didn't think they were going to tank to the point where, and I mean, not on purpose until the second half, that they got the number one overall pick. So. There's some things that didn't work out, but yeah, I mean, it's an absolute failure because the Potters had a chance to strip everything down in the second half, and they didn't. They could have traded Ham, they could have traded Chassin, they could have traded Richard. Those last two guys probably don't get anything, but the goal is to just get something regardless of what it is, and to tank, and they didn't do that. Yeah, they didn't do it at all. I I think the biggest pieces in that is Chassin and and Richard. Yeah, because they ate up a ton of innings, and I mean, it's... You know, we'll touch on Richard in a little bit, but as as Mazzy was, his season wasn't really that bad. He finished right around, I think what we said early on, he was going to finish right around a four and a half, you know, ERA. So he's giving up three runs every six innings. He's when you keep teams a ball game, I don't care how bad you are. The Padres had a pretty decent bullpen with Brad Hand and Kirby Yates for a little while. They're gonna, you know, squeak some of those wins out. So that I mean, it just made it worse that they held on to those guys. Yeah, it's it's kind of like everything. It all adds up. That's what my dad used to tell us back in the day. Oh, it all adds up because the change in his cup holder he used to count up. It all adds up. Me and Sean thought it was the funniest thing ever. So when you look at it, these these little stupid wins, dude. So the Cubs sweep. Um, there was I think two different times they took two out of three against the Dodgers, which. Who knows why? They swept that doubleheader, did they not, against yeah. the Dodgers? Yeah. They did that. You have the ninth inning. You have uh, a squeeze bunt or a safety squeeze bunt in, in Colorado. Yeah. You know, it's it's little stuff like that that over the course of a season, it's – It adds up. It adds up. And that's why, at, you know, you see towards the end of the game, you see – and this is my – if I had to complain about Andy Green. Like towards the end of the game, you could see he was really trying to say like, okay, I'm going to make the – "Quote unquote right moves at this point, uh, you know, to play the matchups, and it's like, no, dude, like, don't we, we don't need these matchups? But at this you point. can't. The thing is, I don't blame Andy Green because I don't think you can tell him to go out there and purposely lose. I want. Well, to it's see it's not purposely win. losing. It's it's taking these younger kids in the bullpen and saying, okay, hey, I want to see how they fare in this situation because we're yeah. clearly not making the playoffs. No, 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 clearly no, not. No, and no. if we lose, it's okay. But let's see how they go in these situations for when we are competitive. If they're still around, then I know that I can use them here. Yeah. And he never did that. He no. was always going for the win, which that's his job. But yeah, I blame. I can't blame the manager, and I like Andrew Green a lot. I think tactic. He made a couple of weird decisions, like the bringing Brad Hand in to face Joey Votto for one pitch type yeah. of thing. But for the most part, I think tactically, Green is the most um, 
involved manager in terms of handling a pitching staff. He does a pretty decent job of not leaving the starter out there too long. Um, so I like Green from that standpoint. I, I can't blame him for trying to do his job um, and trying to be integral about it and trying to make the best decision possible because that's his job, regardless of what he's got. I blame the front office because they gave him guys, as funny as it sounds, the players he had were too good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it is funny to say that, but it's true. It is. But also, you look at, like, I mean, was Jared Weaver really hurt? Was he really hurt? I think I think he might have been hurt for a little bit, but then I think it was kind of... I, I almost... I feel like the Padres would have kept running him out there if... if Because Clayton Richard went through a really bad stretch where he, got, he would get, like, shellacked. Yeah. Um, and they just kept running him out there. I think with Weaver, I think it was more like him. Like, he wanted to kind of sit back and see what he was Well, why did do. he take so long to retire then? Because he wants to get paid, guy. <laughs> he forfeits that money when he But retires. at the same time, the Padres didn't force him to pitch. If he wasn't hurt, then what was going on? I don't know. You I know, know so there's on. that. And then also the whole sending Renfro down to AAA for a while. Like, Instead of letting him hit out of it. Yeah. yeah. At this point, what are you playing for? And what sending him down to AAA, what did it accomplish? It nothing. Nothing. No. Because when, when he came back, he wasn't that great. He had the he three homer game. Since he got brought up. Yeah. That, and that was the whole point of sending him down. I think, uh, I can't remember who pointed that out. I think out. it was Jagoff. I'm pretty sure it was. But, um, I mean, and then you had like surprises. Like you had like Perella. Nobody expected Perella to be good. Yeah, not at all. I mean, I'm still 20, surprised. He's 27. Now he's not going to hold. But, you know, I think he goes in next year with the everyday gig. Um, Solarte had another decent year, but he was hurt. And then you had guys like Aswai and Spangenberg contributing. We wrote Spangenberg off at the beginning of the year. Oh, yeah. So, you know, you had guys who were whatever. I mean, even Eric Ibar, for as bad as he was, he wasn't terrible. He was just bad. You know, was, I wasn't, he wasn't fun to watch, that's no, for sure. No, he wasn't. But he wasn't like... He wasn't fun to watch, but he also wasn't Alexi Ramirez. <laughs> yeah, Jason Bartlett. Yeah, he wasn't Ramirez or Bartlett. It, it was like, he's just kind of like, he's like a non-factor. He's just kind of there. Um, so, I, I, but I do think like, I just think from the pitching standpoint, the pitching was too good. Like, Lament did pretty well, all things considered. You know, it's not going to show up in, his, in, in some advanced metrics, but for the most part, he's a mediocre run preventer, as was Chassin, as was Richard, and those guys ate a lot of innings. I think that kills them because we talked at the beginning of the year, like, this team's going to be bad. They're going to have to bullpen their way through. Guys, and man, they talked about it. The guys are going to go three or four innings, and we're going to bring in, you know, piggyback these starters. They need more guys like Jordan Lyles out there. Like, they need they need Jordan Lyles and, and Travis Wood. and You, you mean know. the Jordan Lyles that threw, like, 100 pitches through three and a third? Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. That's what they need. That's uh, Those are Edwin Jackson. Like, those are the guys that they need that they know, hey, these guys can probably get us through a little while, but we're going to have to bullpen the, the shit out of this game. Because that's the only way they're going to lose. They're bullpen the Padres for some reason or another. I don't know how the hell they do it. Every GM that's been here, they find guys to come out of the bullpen and their lights out. Kirby Yates had a rough second half, but you know there's some optimism there. Brad Hand is Brad Hand. They got him off the damn scrap heap, and now he's probably going to be a top reliever in the trade market in the offseason. He was a top trade piece uh, in you know in the trade deadline, even though they didn't move him. So they have to find a way to lose. The best way to do that is to build an awful pitching staff. That's how Cincinnati does it. Yeah, so build, talk about building a, an awful pitching staff. Clayton Richard signed to an extension. <laughs> yeah, it was yeah. About, what was that three years, like six mil yeah. ballpark? Clay right Dick extends. <laughs> yeah, so what's what's your take on that? I mean, he signed for the next three years. That's yeah. I, I feel like that's kind of lengthy, but at the end of the day, the money's so so thin. It's, it's that, so thin that so light, I should say. That's just kind of like whatever. It's just he's here. Six million dollars is probably what like Brad Hand could make like his second year of arbitration. Yeah. 
And so the way I look at it, you're going to pay him $2 million a year. He's going to give you 180 to 200 innings if he can make it, maybe even next year. Um, he was reliable. I think he made every start this year. I'd have to look up to see his innings totals, but he he did you know okay. He was like he was right around two hundred because I think his yeah. last start he was trying to yeah you know, he was like at one ninety nine or one ninety six or something. So yeah. but I mean that's that's valuable because I mean really if you're if you're starting thirty games a year and you're giving your team six innings that's one hundred and eighty is what I look at. Two hundred is nice, but you can give your team one hundred seventy five hundred eighty innings. That's great, and that's what he gave him. So I think that's what they expect a mediocre run prevention. Some days he does really well, and he'll get a ton of ground balls, and he'll pitch deep into a game. Other times he gets shellacked for seven runs in three innings. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it just depends on who's he who he's facing, and you know what kind of night it is. But I feel like he's just as good as anyone that they any of the veteran scrubs that they on the sign. back end that they could sign. And there's a familiarity with him, so they're like, hey, you know what? Let's just keep him around for a few he, years. He likes being here. Yeah, it, the feeling's mutual, as as you can tell. Yeah, he's been here. Um, obviously, you know, I mean, Darren Balsley has been his pitching coach for the majority of his career. He's had his best years here. And worst case scenario, he did really well out of the Cubs bullpen. So worst case scenario is that if it doesn't work out or the pitching plays out because we've got guys that are coming through the system that are close, um, that we'll talk about a little bit later on, he can move him into the bullpen. And he yeah. can be, you know, a lefty specialist out of the bullpen because he's not – he doesn't have bad stuff for, you know, a, a guy who's not throwing very hard. Yeah, I mean, for now, for what we need, he's he's a decent stopgap yeah. until some of these kids are ready. I would and agree. I'm cool with that. And then Shasin comes out and says that he would be very open to no, coming No, go away. Back. It, you wouldn't bring him back? No, he's Why too not? good. He's too good. I love, don't get me wrong. Too good. I like Shasin. I like the Shasin. He threw very well at Petco. He did. I, you know, I want to look up his overall numbers because I want to see how he did. Like in general, but no, he did throw very well at Petco. I feel like he did pretty well overall. I was gonna say, I feel like overall, just like kind of watching the games, not before as you're looking up these numbers, I feel like every time I watch a Shasin start, they were in the game. He might have been their best player, maybe next to Hand, if you wanted to go with wins above replacement. Oh boy, but I mean, look, 106 ERA plus 100 is average, so he's he's slightly above average in uh, in terms of run prevention. His ERA on the year was 389. He threw, uh, let's see. Started 32 games. I'm pretty sure that's all of them. He threw 180 innings. I mean, he was a quality. He's quality. He's a quality pitcher, which is why I don't want him on the team. Because to be honest, he's too good. If he and he's not like old, you know, it's not like he's gonna break down or anything like that. He's uh, where's his age at? Padres baseball. 30. He's too good. Yeah, he's too good. <laughs> I mean, he's he's turning 30. He's too next good year. and cheap. Yeah, he's too well. The cheap stuff. I mean, I I think he could secure a pretty decent, a pretty decent. Uh, that's what I was saying. Deal I was, I was like, you know, year. I think his comments of saying, "Hey, I'd be really open to coming back to San Diego." For is a more, multi-year deal. It's it's more of a, like a, hey, I I'm gonna see what else is out there. If I can't find anything else, yeah, I'd love to come back. Why not? Yeah. It's you know, it's it's San Diego. Oh, you're right. Oh man. What? Oh, you're right. He uh, he was not very good at home or <laughs> on the road. Yeah. Like he was, he had a one seven nine ERA at home. Yeah, that's good, dude. His whip was under one. I that's mean, really good. He's Clayton Kershaw at home. He's Max Scherzer at home. Yeah, basically. Uh, on the road, he had a 6.53 ERA. And even, 16 games at home, 16 games on the road, 6.53 ERA on the road. Ouch. Yeah, real bad. Gave up 11 jacks. Um, walked less guys. That's weird. So Padres might even be 500 if they only start him at home. Yeah. And Renfro only hits against left-handed pitchers. I'd, I'd then they down. would be great. Yeah, Platoon uh, Dickerson and Renfro. 
who knows? Is Dickerson still alive? I don't know. He looks like he's about 40. I think him and my boy Derek Carr both have broken back still. <laughs> yeah, how's that go? You've cursed the Raiders. I sure have. You've cursed the Raiders. Their roster's going to shit thanks to you. Yep. Um, Sorry, Oaktown. Speaking of Dickerson, it was funny because we went to the prospect game, which we're going to jump into in a second. But I love how the Padres are in like IDGAF mode. <laughs> <laughs> the I don't give a fuck mode. Because we went to the stadium, and it's it's the the last homestand had already happened by Saturday, guys. And I'm walking through the Concord to go get some three dollar hot dogs, and I see you know little banners of Dickerson who hasn't been on the team. He didn't even make the roster. He's been hurt all year. They have Jankowski on. Shimp. Yeah, Shimp. Uh, we uh, got to meet Padres Jagoff. Delightful, delightful person. Yeah. Um, and uh, I pointed out for him. I was like, oh look, a Shimp's jersey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Amazing. Amazing. Oh, don't ever change, Padres. Uh, but let's get into that prospect game. We got to meet some of the guys uh, in our uh, the golden age of podcasts. Yeah. Uh, so we met Jagoff. Who else did we meet, Eric? Uh, Nick McCann was there from the Kept Faith podcast. Indeed. So I, I enjoyed meeting him, and uh, we were talking maybe we might go on their show and uh, yeah. bring some F-bombs to Yeah, no, yeah I'm just bring kidding. some F-bombs, some C-words. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was it was fun. So we got to meet him. Um, At 13, uh, Mazone was there, as always, but we've yeah. known him forever. We got big leagued by uh, our boy Kevin Charity. Yeah, yeah. Kevin went down the field. I thought he got the press pass for the free pizza. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but apparently he had a notebook and he had notes and everything. I'm I was pretty impressed. sure he just took his picture and then taped it over Conniff's badge, <laughs> and then went on there. Hi, I'm John Conniff. Do you wrote? Do you write Overlord in crayon? <laughs> yeah, Spelled like bench warmers. I am twelve. Backwards are. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so we were sitting there, and, and I was telling Danny when we were walking up to the stadium, I was like, hey, do you think Kevin's going to be there? And I messaged him, and then uh, I think he'd met, I didn't notice he, he messaged me, but... Yeah, we sure said, as shit. There yeah. he is, down on the field. Yeah, he's like, we're like, Kevin, Kevin, and then I say his full name, and he goes and turns around, and he gives us like the uh, celebrity wave, like, oh, hey, yeah, don't look at me, guys. Yeah, hey, guys. Who knows, hey. those, those two fat guys, don't worry about them. Yeah, hey, let's let's not forget where you got your start there, uh, Mr. Kevin Charity. Yeah, let's not forget at all. But uh, it's it cool to see Kevin. We got to... Uh, and also what happened before the game, let's talk a little bit about warm-up. So we got there. God, dude, like we were in the practice. stadium about 340, I yeah. feel like, and the gates opened at 330. So they had batting practice going on. They had um, infield drills going on. And first of all... That was actually really fun, surprisingly. It was yeah. very fun. And you see Tatis up there hitting. And God, dude, like we... And that's what, that's also what I was saying to um, to our buddy um, Andy was when we went to spring training, or I think it was John we were saying to, when we went to spring training, we saw him, Onya, um, and a couple other people in, in the cage. And we walked over to see Onya, but we stayed for Tatis. Yeah completely stole the show and right. that's it was in that moment there back in march of this year where i'm like dude this guy has legit it, it was pop. march 24th it was my birthday yeah <laughs> yeah i was like wow like this guy has legit pop and i've never heard that that's a part of his game and then you know you see him in the in batting practice we're seeing legit yeah he's hitting legit a, and i'm not kidding guys it's about it's about three or four rows um, away from landing on the australia landing i'm talking where stanton was putting them in the home run derby and yeah. trumbo like that's trumbo and stanton territory and tatis is just you know whatever he's just up there flicking balls up there and easy power too that's the thing spraying too, is, liners yeah and and I, I you made a good point about tatis because i mean all eyes were on him as soon as he got oh, done yeah. batting practice he was swarmed yeah um he made that uh, he put that tweet out he's riding his bike in san diego he uh, everyone lost their shit yeah. oh my god tatis loves san diego yeah well, find me someone that doesn't love san diego yeah and then let's talk about that yeah major league baseball Dean spanos yeah <laughs> 
Boo. Um, Nick Hardwick. Yeah. Sorry. Boo. Well, he, he, he's got to make money. It's Sorry. It's different for Hardwick. Say it to his face. Yeah. Um, but, uh, <laughs> anyways, back to Tatis. But, yeah, I mean, you can just tell. I mean, but the thing that I like about Tatis is that, and this is an intangible, and I'm not big on this, but I, I do think it, it has to do with makeup and confidence. He's really free and easy with his personality. Dude, he's out there, like, he's out there short, and he's dancing with the music the whole time. Yeah. He's out there. Having a good time. Yeah, having a good time, talking shit with all, his, with all the buddies on the team. And, like, he's out there, and they're doing these drills, right, to where they're lined up at short, and they're taking ground balls and flipping them to the second baseman to, to turn two. And I was, every time that Tatis was up next, I was like, oh, I was like, guys, check it out, check it out. And he makes a play where the ball's hit to his glove hand side to his First left. First he requested that the, the, the uh, infield coach hitting him fungos. Hits it to his left. Yeah, he so, wanted it. He wanted to have to go for it. Yeah, so he comes and it's no big deal whatsoever. He comes and he catches it in stride in between his legs, turns around behind his back, flips it to second baseman right at his chest. I was like, holy shit! Like it was nothing. <laughs> yeah, you know what? He looks. He looks like he's too athletic for third base. Everyone's, oh yeah. Everyone's saying like, oh, will he stick it? Thir- will he stick it short? Will he move Probably to third? Because he's gonna fill out like from a muscular standpoint. But yeah, he looks. He's very fluid. If you watch yeah. him, number one, he he uh, he he let it throttle up a little bit, showing off the arm. Yeah. It's oh a, yeah. It's a cannon. Yeah. Um, and our buddy, who, our buddy John, who was with us, he's a Dodger fan, and so he's like, "Yeah, let's see what the hell they have." And he's like, "Oh, let's see his arm." And as soon as Tatis let go of the ball and throws like ninety eight across the diamond, he goes, "Duh, fuck." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's uh, he. You know what? I mean, the the comparisons to Machado and how Machado plays third and that athleticism and that like that that looseness of, in, in terms of like his ability to move around you can see why uh he is viewed the way that he is i think he's number four right now in their top 30 he's gonna be number one i think at the end of the year no i don't doubt. think there's any doubt that he's no. their best prospect but the thing i like and i was and i was touching on it earlier a second ago is that he knows he's the man oh yeah and i mean and he's not it's not an arrogance to him he's not cocky He's very free and easy. He seems very upbeat, but you can tell by how he carries himself, how he jogs around. He knows he's the man, and he's just relishing it. Like, he wants it. He wants to be the... He's not like Joey Votto, who's kind of like, you know, ironically funny. Yeah. I mean, Tatis is... He's a personality. Yeah, he really is. And, and like, in spring training, they're all joking around. Yeah. Everyone's getting along. And he's... Onya he was, was on the other side of the cage, yeah, which is himself. weird. Yeah, but Tatis was the captain of that... Of that, uh, that he I mean, was. You know, I don't know if he was assigned, but you could tell, like, he's running the ship. You know... And I told you guys this at the game. He reminds me watching Tatis out there with everyone else. He reminds me of the of the kid in little league who makes us all stars every single year. Me, and <laughs> I'm just kidding. And he, you know, every year it's a given he's gonna be on the all star team. He knows he's the best player in the league. Me, and he sits there. No, no, I think Nico Califano has something to say about that. And so he sits and he sits there, and you can just tell, like you can tell with the way he carries himself and, and the fire in his eyes and the, the uh, passion dripping from his lips. You can tell that he knows that he's the shit, you yeah. know. And and he seems humbled in interviews, so that's what I like. And by the way, shocker, um, surprising no one, we did not receive an invite to the uh, SD Social Summit. I'm stunned. So we did not. Bags didn't fucking invite us. Yeah, we did not get a chance to to speak with him. But you know, one thing that I that I think and maybe this is a hot take but i think tatis i can see him getting the getting shit on the way myers does sometimes we talked about this yeah oh you know he doesn't give any effort you know he's not giving effort he doesn't have any grit he doesn't care i i can see that happening because the way that he carries himself his his kind of his um his look at the players confidence is going to come off as sloppy yeah well no like sloppy and that he doesn't care yeah 
Which is funny because he kind of like from a personality standpoint, I think him and Solarte would get along. Yeah. Because Solarte's like that. Solarte won't be here when he comes out. Well, no. Well, he might be. He might be here next year. Yeah. But um, but he kind of has like that that like flair and like he's having fun. He's having a good time, but he's also kind of like animated. But no, I agree. I could see because let's be honest here. Let's look at two Padre fans' favorite players: Tim Flannery and David Eckstein. <laughs> Tim Flannery. Yeah, he was popular in the 80s. Yeah, that is true. What did he have, Eric? Grit. Yeah. Good old white bread, I try hard because I'm not good grit. I was going to say, they're both white. What are you getting at? Yeah, I'm just saying. Eric Owens is another guy that, that Padre fans latched onto. He wasn't that good, but they had grit. And he was white. Yeah, but here's a white guy fans <laughs> hated. Khalil Green. Yeah. Because he was composed. See, I never thought Khalil Green was emotionless. I just thought he was mature and composed. And held his emotions in check because that's what worked best for him. But fans hated it that he didn't show any emotion. And then they complained when he showed emotion and broke his hand. So it's like, it's a lose-lose. But I could see that happening to Tatis. But I think it only happens if he doesn't do well. Myers is only getting dogged because he's not doing well. If, if he was hitting at the clip he was hitting the first half last year... Nobody would say anything about him jogging to first base. Yeah, and everyone was all over him for he hit he hit one and it was uh, what was it like freaking off the wall or something? And he only got a single out of it. Yeah, but that was a P rod though. Yeah, and that was huge, huge uh, Padre Twitter talk there. Um, but you know, yeah, he he jogged out of the box. But anyways, there's no Tatis way that would have been hot dog. Like I mean. Going back to Tatis, number one. I was going to say, we're getting off track. Let's go yeah. back to the... We'll talk about Myers later, because I yeah. really want to talk about Myers. Because there's a lot of Padre Twitter talk about it. But let's go back to the... Yeah. Um. <laughs> let's go back to this uh, prospect game, because there's a lot of positives to draw from. Yeah. So with, uh, let's put it out there. Tatis, and and I want to nod to Jason uh, Jacob Nix as well, but I think Tatis stole the show. Number one, he came up in the first inning with a runner on and hit an absolute rocket for a base hit. Um and then and uh, he pumps up the crowd. Yeah, that's yeah, great. And that's the other thing too. He pumps up. The, he turns to the crowd. He points to the crowd. He claps and rock know. his crowd of nine hundred. Yeah, <laughs> fifty. I think I guessed fifteen hundred. I don't yeah. know how, how close I was. Um, he made a really two two nice double plays. A part of he actually finished a double play um, at short where he made a really nice throw, um, getting out of the way of the runner barreling in. And then at third, he made a really really quick snap throw to second to yeah. start a double play. Defensively, he is. He is good, but I, I can't wait for people to see him offensively. If you can find highlights of him um, from this game, go watch him. He almost hit one out to straightaway right field. Yeah. He thought he got it. Yeah. He thought he got Probably any other ballpark, he, it's gone. It hit it off the top of the wall, and he, he got a double. Uh, but it was Straight crushed. away right field. Yeah, straight right field. I mean, it was right by the It looked corner. like an accident that he hit it there, to be <laughs> yeah, honest. I don't think it was. But if you watch the video from the center field cam. But, I mean, just an exciting play. I think he stole a show strictly because... He's, I think, the one guy, other than maybe Urias, that everybody wanted to see because of all the guys announced, um, he was the one that got the biggest ovation. I mean, he yeah, got the every, Yeah, everybody, it seemingly knows Fernando Tatis Jr. as, as yeah. you know the Padre fans that are there. Thanks for riding your bike in our city. Yeah, and he put on a show. He, got, he, came, he had two hits. He made two nice plays on defense. He got a double. He drove in a run. He scored a run. Um, he scored from first on Onya's triple like it was a nothing. And he, he flies for a kid that that's that that tall and lanky. And and you know, he just he stole the show. He had a complete game that day. Well that's why I want to talk about was Onya. Because man, that triple, he's he's quicker than what I thought he would be. Yeah, he's built like a fullback. He, he actually really moves is. like a like a fullback. He is a tank. Yes, he, and he really has is. put on he's put on some size. Not he's not fat. Yeah. But he's basically I remember he was walking out to the outfield, Eric and I were were, were watching him walk out there. 
And I was like, look at Onya. He's like, he has no torso. He's just chest, back, shoulders, and then he has a hip, and he has hips. Yeah, <laughs> there's seriously. No, there's no middle part in that. He's just a bust. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, but he hit the piss out of that triple. He did. He looked a lot more fluid. He looked a lot more comfortable at the point. He de-aged, so yeah. I'm, I'm not sure how he is defensively. I'm guessing not that great. No, I think he's... Probably a left fielder long term. I was going to say, probably hide him in left. Yeah, but um, um, he looked good in batting practice. Um, I think I don't know what he did the rest of the game. I don't recall. I um, feel like he's more line drives, whereas Tatis, and it's kind of weird, but Tatis can hit the moon shots. Yeah. I feel like Onya, you would think with his size it would be different. He's but also shorter than Tatis. Yeah, he's stockier. So he doesn't have the same uh, leverage. He's stockier, and, and Onya just, if you watch him in BP, dude, sprays the field. Yeah, and they're not the cheap. I mean, field. he had a couple, and like I said, I mean, it's Petco, so you have to take that in consideration, but he hits the ball very hard, very deep to the gaps. I yeah. think he'll grow into bigger power, too. Yeah, how about the play also by uh, the first pitch of the game, right fielder, Mexican, Tirso Ornelas. Oh, yeah, how about that? My boy, Tirso Ornelas. Didn't do much offense. Looks, looks a little raw offensively. He got a knock, yeah. I think so. He looks a little raw. He looks a little... Uh, I was actually kind of impressed by Ornelas. Yeah, I'm telling you, he's good. He's, he's still raw. Um, I think the offense will come. He looked like he hits in steps. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but that's true. He'll get there. But, yeah, he made a really nice play coming down... Uh, down the right field line. Pulled uh, a Bubba, uh, Bubba Trammel. Yeah, pulled the Bubba Trammel. That was the guy that, that went flying over the top, right? Uh, that Giles did too. The, when the, I remember his Trammel. Trammel was yeah. one that I remember for sure. Just went full force. That was at Qualcomm though. No, dude, at Petco. This was, this was before they put the, the thing over. That's Giles then. It was, Who was it? If, if it you was guys, Brian Giles in right field. No, dude, no. I swear to you it was Brian Giles. No. They put a net up like the next homestand. Hey, you guys let us know. At 5.5 Dan or at Miserable as D fan. I'm telling you, I'm pretty sure it's Bubba Trammell, dude, because he went full force over the fence, over the, the railing, and that's why they put the fence on top of the railing. I'm pretty sure it was Brian Giles. But, yeah, go ahead and uh, you can tweet us at 5.5 Dan at Miserable uh, SD fan. Uh, to see, uh, who yeah, let us know because I'm sure someone remembers. Pretty sure it's Brian Johnson. So it wasn't. Pretty sure. Anyways, um, but no, no. Ornelas uh, made a nice play. They also uh, held a runner to second. There's a ball hit down the right field line um, that he. Uh, I don't know if he's. Le- I think I think he's left hand. So I think it's hit towards the gap. He cut it off and made a nice Roberto Clemente spin throw. Yeah. And threw a bullet. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is the other thing about the infield drills that was fun to watch. Um, we got to see the outfielders kind of open up. Jason uh, Rosario. Rosario. He's pretty, got an arm, dude. Pretty, pretty good arm. Um, you know he's got a pretty good arm? He didn't play, though. It was uh, Buddy Reed. Yeah. I've actually been impressed with Buddy Reed. It looks like, and I'm not a scout, so I mean, I'd have to, I'd have to, you know, try to get my friend Keith Law on the phone. But uh, I love how multiple times you've, you've, you've said that he looks like he's Will Venable. I, I would think, because I, I, I think that might be his floor. I think there's more in there than Will Venable. I think Will Venable hit his ceiling. But yeah. I think his floor is borderline every day, but more like fourth outfielder. With some pop um, and pretty good defense, but I mean he he had some moon shots into right field. Um, I didn't know he was a switch hitter. I don't know how the hell that that got by me. Um, he looks much more powerful from the left side. And he looks more of like a contact line drive guy from the right side. But I was actually impressed with with how much better he's looked, considering his scouting report was not uh, ideal. I was in, and this is BP guys. I mean, yeah. keep in mind, but Hudson Potts looked really good too. He did. He actually looked pretty good in the he game. He looked too. good. He looked fluid on defense. I was happy. It was kind of weird they put him at first because I guess he had never played first before. But yeah, for whatever Kevin reason. actually uh, mentioned that when uh, we, Kevin was in the members only Premier Club. Yeah. Uh, when we actually walked over, he was in section was it one ten? I think so. Yeah, we're, he's we're downfield allowed, level. Yeah, we're not allowed to go down there, but we got to meet Kevin and his lovely wife, and he came up and said. 
ooh, cuts and pots at first. That's interesting. Yeah. He pointed out. I didn't notice until he pointed it out. So yeah, pots, uh, pots. He's he's a uh, he's a lot bigger than I thought he was. Too. He is. He's pretty big for a kid that uh, you know just went to prom looking to get laid a year ago. Yeah. He was he was uh, putting on some uh, putting on a, an impressive power display in BP. But um, also another guy that impressed was uh, Campusano. Yeah, he Campusano looked really Bracero. good. He looked really good in BP. Um, good threw someone out at second, I believe, trying to steal second. Yeah, made a very yeah, made a nice play, uh, nice throw to second. I think uh, um, Estrue Ruiz made a nice tag. Ruiz yeah, was not. Ruiz looks raw. He does uh, look raw. He can hit. Uh, he doesn't look good defensively. He actually had that one inning where he kind of botched two different plays. He cut Tatis off on one yeah. up the middle that he should have uh, conceded. And then another one that he botched that kept Knicks out there, who we're going to touch on in a second. But um, Ruiz looks interesting, but uh, Campisano is very impressed. He looked he looked really quiet at the plate, looked good defensively, um, hit a nice line drive single over there. So he was – they just got this guy. Yeah, and he's supposed to be bat first, glove second. Yeah, which I mean, that it's the complete opposite of what we have now behind the plate. <laughs> yeah, but, glove first, bat TBA. <laughs> yeah, so Campusano, he was he was impressive to watch. We did not get a chance. Regrettably, we did not get a chance to see our friend Blay, Blay yeah. Cunt. Yeah, we didn't Blake get to Cunt see was him out there. Um, he wasn't even doing like catcher drills. I, I think no. he might have just played the day before. Because we might have missed him here. too, because there was a yeah. shit ton of guys out there. No, he was out there. I looked at the. They gave out a little roster, and I looked yeah. for catchers. He was, I think, number twelve, and he was there, but he just wasn't geared up doing the drills. Oh, okay. Which I really wanted to see because I know he's he's kind of the opposite of Camposano. He's, he's defense, but um, the other guy that looked pretty good defensively. I don't know. I hit is uh, Justin Lopez. Yeah, he was oh, the yeah. second baseman. I'm like, who, I, I pointed out. I'm like, hey, watch this guy flip a double play. Just smooth defensively i think made a nice play at a towards the latter half of the game um he looked good but yeah he's like 12 years old too yeah <laughs> yeah he has braces to top it off it makes it even better yeah um the the other big breakout so i think obviously tatis was the star of the show the guy that i is really impressed with and i've been i've been on this guy since the beginning of the year eric can vouch i've been yeah. talking about him since i drafted him jacob nix how impressive was nix three innings uh it doesn't say how many struck out but i want to say four or five Gave up just a run, um, just looked absolutely dominant. Yeah, we were sitting like two rows in front. It had to be his family. It had to be. Had it to be. had to be his mom. Yeah, because she's like, "Way to go, Jacob! Here yeah. we go, Jacob!" And, and, da- I, and then I can hear Nick's go there. All right, mom. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, mom. Yeah, they were they were overly hyped for Nick. So yeah, I think they I liked that, was though, pretty that we cool. were. Uh, I think they liked that we were like, "Fuck yeah, look at Nick!" Yeah, because there was one time he struck someone out to end the inning, and I stood up like I was an umpire and. Fucking Bring his ass up. And yeah, I, you got, I, I think he got him looking. Yeah. He threw a changeup, and I was like, Eric, watch this. Watch this uh, replay from the center field cam. It's absolutely dirty. That was actually pretty fun that I know his mom's up there, and she's like, look at these guys. They're, yeah. they're fawning over. That's my boy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we didn't get any autograph, but no, uh, No, but he uh, he looked, I mean, he looked really, really impressive. I Great cannot... follow on Twitter, too, by the way. <laughs> yeah, he's, he, he's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, but, no, I mean, I can't tell you how impressed I was with, with Nick's. He, he looks uh, he looks like he's pretty well built. Um, well, here's another thing. It's kind of going back to Quantrill last year. So, in the game last year, Quantrill was sitting around 95, and you talked about earlier how, hey, he's just letting it air out for yeah. an inning. So, Nick's was sitting 95. He even hit 96 yeah, at but, least once or twice. But Kevin was telling us, I guess that's been consistent for him of late. He's been 93-95 deep into hmm. games, which is exciting. Yeah, I'll take that. I, I don't, that plays. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I don't think he's going to be a number one guy. Uh, but I do think that he's going to be, you know, I think he's up there, honestly, with Quantrill in terms of what he could be. A, you know, middle of the rotation, maybe a number two, 180, 200 innings guy. 
But he looked really impressive. Uh, Michelle Baez looked really good. Yes, uh, dominant, could, dude. He throws like Tyson Ross, except he repeats his mechanics, and he actually has good mechanics. Like, he yeah. uses his legs. He He's really, really long and windy in his windup, and he throws smoke. Could you imagine all those moving pieces, all those arms and legs coming yeah. at you, and then, oh, here's 98? Yeah, uh, elbows and uh, elbows and knees. I think is how they described Randy Johnson when he pitched elbows and knees. Yeah, and here's ninety eight. Yeah, try to hit it he, up in the zone. It's not going to happen. Threw a couple of really mean curveballs that yeah. looked uh, pretty good. So Baez looked good. Morahone looked really, really good. Really good. You know, he's not very tall. He's, he's kind of built like a left-handed Knicks. He's that same kind of like six foot, six one, kind of stocky. Looks like he's going to be a good innings eater. Uh, but I can see why Morahone does as well as he does. Um, considering his size, because he, he throws hard, but I don't think he throws as hard as Nick's, but he has this delivery where he winds up and comes from the stretch. His front shoulder is really closed off. I mean, he's showing you the back of his jersey. Yeah. So I'm, I'm assuming he's, he, he not only does he throw well, he's also really hard to pick up. I mean, he struck out four in two innings. Yeah. And he didn't give up a run. Yeah. And he just mowed these Rangers down. And, uh, you know, the Rangers, you know, they're sending their best prospects, but it's, it's night and day when you're watching the Padres prospects play against these guys. It really is. And I was saying that, you know, before, I had always felt confident in our farm. But when when you see him in person, it's like, man, like, this is exciting. It's electric. Yeah, and I'm really glad the Padres do this game because, I mean, it's free. Although, as Jagoff pointed out, they didn't really advertise it that much that it was free. Yeah. Um, you know, with the game, I, I didn't really like how only season ticket members could sit in the bottom bowl and field level. I thought that was kind of tacky. Yeah, I thought that was horseshit. But, I mean, we got pretty good seats anyways, and I liked the seats we were at because we're not looking up. I did, too. Yeah. I did, too. And overall, it was a great experience. But um, I just I thought that was kind of dumb. But, yeah, yeah seeing, seeing this team and seeing what they have down in the system, and not even – I mean, we didn't even see a lot of their best guys. We didn't see Gore. No, he's been shut down. Quantrill, Lucchese, Lauer, they're, they were done. There's a lot of other pieces that are going to make big impacts on the future of this team, we and they weren't Urias. even there. Yeah, we didn't see Urias. You know, all I can think about when I saw when I saw Tatis doing well and I saw Onya smokes a triple, all I can think about is knowing Urias, maybe he won't hit for power ever. Who knows? I think it'll eventually come around. But he's always going to be on base. There is yeah. no doubt about that. He's going to be drawing walks. He's going to get – I don't care if he's a singles here. He's going to get on base. He's going to set the table. Urias is going to come – or um, uh, Tatis and Onya is going to come up and about – 38 to 40 percent of the time there's going to be someone on base yeah and you got to think hopefully margot continues to develop and then you got those two guys worst case scenario for Rios, people may not want to hear it but he could be a just a ben zobers type maybe without power like a javi bias type without power but maybe a little bit more on base where he just plays everywhere yeah and he's constantly contributing so yeah the, the future is bright i remember when uh after tatis uh, singled in a run and then onya tripled in tatis i'm like Man, this is what an exciting offense looks like. Yeah. <laughs> we have a legit chance to score every time these guys come up. Yeah, no shit, man. Yeah. And and that was the thing, because we wanted to make our rounds. We wanted to say hi to people. And um, uh, listeners show Donovan Jones, he was there, and we didn't even get a chance to say hi he to him. He was sitting in front of us. Yeah, he was sitting actually really close to us. He was, but, actually, uh, he was actually in the uh, the bowl section there. Yeah, so we were, we were sitting there, and I was like, hey, do you want to go uh, say what's up to Jack Off and uh, Nick? And I'm like, yeah, hold on. Oh, wait, uh, Baez is coming in. Yeah, hey, do you want to go get three Hot dog? Oh, wait, wait. Let's see who's pitching. Yeah. Oh, Tatis is coming. Yeah. We'll say. Oh, yeah. Tatis is coming up. We can't yeah. go yet. Uh, and it was, you know, we, we had to stay seated in there watching the game. So it was, it was really exciting. It's a very odd, it's like a, it's an out of body experience as a Padre fan. It is weird. Because the only person, pe- the only two guys other than Tony, since Tony's left, I've ever done that for was Gonzalez and Peavy. 
Yeah. And then everybody else can fuck off. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> I didn't care. That is true. Um, let's uh, move away from prospects. Let's go to the major league team. Uh, more so the younger guys that came up. The good, the bad, the ugly. Um, I think we can all agree position player-wise the Potters were really bad this year. There's some stuff to take away um, and some stuff to kind of wonder about going forward. We're not going to talk too much about Myers yet. We'll get into him later. Yeah. These are more of the young guys. Um, I'll throw this one at you, Eric, and then uh, I'll see how you feel. What did you think about Denelson Lamette this year? He threw 21 games, uh, 114 innings. He had a, he struck out about 11 per nine innings. He had a 4.57 ERA. What did you think from what you saw about Lamette? Well, if you remember before they called him up, everyone was saying, oh, it's too soon. You're rushing him. You're rushing him, even though he was tearing up. Yeah, and you and I were not. <laughs> El Paso. And I was excited for it. And, and I think, honestly, I think he did better than what I expected. I wasn't I wasn't expecting him to do that great. I felt like he would get lit up more than I thought he was gonna be more promo. often than not. Yeah. But I, f- I feel like he like Shasin, like those are the two guys this year that when they took them out, I'm like, hey, we actually have a chance today. Yeah. Even though I wanted us to lose as many games as possible, you know, the the fan in you always wants your team to win. And yeah, when they take them out, you feel like there's that sense of confidence. And I felt like Lamette brings it. And you know, the the common uh the common narrative with him is if he develops a third pitch, it's game over. Change up. That's all he needs. He's got yeah. a slider. And, of course, there's a Darren Balsey factor again. So you know he's going to be working on that in the offseason, in spring training. And, man, if he develops that third pitch, he could put himself right into that conversation and being in this rotation when the team is good again. I agree. Worst Maybe it's back it, end. Yeah. Um, but I, I would still... I mean, I'm still going to say it, dude. I still see him as an eighth inning guy, as a high leverage say, reliever. I yeah, still see it. I was just going to say that I, I think worst case and likely. Well, but I'm willing case, to let him start until he fails. Why not? That's I mean, that's how you do it, right? Relievers are failed starters. You know, the, uh, Dellen Batons has started and then he sucked. And I said, hell with it, throw him in the bullpen. Andrew Miller. Yeah, Andrew Miller's a big one. Brad Hand. Yeah. Seriously. Um, next name I'm going to throw at you Manny Margot hit 263, 313 on base, 409 slugging. Uh, he was about eight points below league average offensively, but um, good base running, good defense. What do you think of Margot this year? He kind of turned up the stolen bases at the end of the year because he was sitting on like six. Got to be listening to the five point five podcast. We got to get him on. He, yeah, he probably is. Um, you would like the on base to be a little bit higher. I'm willing to give him the benefit of the doubt because it's his first full season. But I feel like defensively, he was fun to watch. I feel like when he when he is on and when he's hot, he's a catalyst. Didn't he make three like five star catches like according to uh, Statcast, like something like that? Eighteen percent probability, basically no shot. Yeah, <laughs> he made the catch. You know, he's a lot of fun to watch out there in the outfield. And then the the game where this this has nothing to do with like baseball, but the game where uh, Mark Grant and uh, Don Orsillo were broadcasting from out in center field. Oh God, Did I you, missed it. Oh, well, I missed it. I saw a video of it with the binoculars. Yeah, it was great. So there's there's a play or something, and, and Mark Grant's yelling out to him you hear Manny Manny you hear Mark Grant he's trying to get his attention and Mark goes he's just like looking up at him and like fucking smiling shit he just like he's very infectious and it has nothing to do with baseball but he, he seems like a guy that would be good in the clubhouse which yeah. no one really wants to hear but overall be around he's overall, not a cancer no not at all overall his his performance this year I'm okay with it I'm Am I optimistic about it? Like, overly optimistic? Do I think he's going to be a superstar? No. No. But I think he's going to be a very solid piece. I think he's going to be an above-average player. I mean, he was hurt. Um, I think the offense is going to come as time goes on. It's not and like he's he, 22. Yeah, he's still really young. Very, very young. So, and if this is the beginning point for him, I'm excited to see where we're going to go. As am I. Uh, next player up here for you, Eric. Uh, Jose Perel, P. Rayla. 288, 347, 490. Uh, he's arguably their best offensive player. 
22% above league average. What did you think of Perella this year? You know, he was really good. He, he, you can't, you can't dispute the facts. He was really good, but at the end of the day, I, I've never viewed him as a future piece at all. Isn't he twenty seven? I think he said when we looked it up. He's twenty seven, which is, which is still young. I mean, it's not kind of like peak prime. Yeah, but I, do you see him being on this team when they're good again? No, I see them. No. Hopefully, I think they, they. I don't even think he's gonna. I don't think he's gonna be nearly this good next year. No, no. If you uh, go look up his batting average on balls in play, and you'll see he's a little bit lucky. Um, he did tail off. He's slugging like 550 at one point. Yeah. Um, but I agree with you. I think he's going to get the everyday shot next year and left, and then eventually he'll kind of crumble, and then uh, hopefully Franchi Cordero will take over because that's the guy I'm pulling for in the minors. We'll see. Um, next guy up for you. Uh, this guy, you you, you you have a little bit of a hard on. I almost bought you a jersey for you uh, for Christmas or your birthday for this guy. Hunter Renfro, yeah. 231, 284 on base. Did slug 467. Good for 97 OPS plus, so about three points below league average. That's probably just noise. So about a league average hitter. I believe he finished one run above uh, average on, on on defense in right field. Eric, what are your thoughts about Hunter Renfro's first full season in the bigs? I'm a I'm a big Hunter Renfro guy. Shockingly, Hunter Renfro. Yeah, I like I like the Hick Hick strong. That's what I like with Renfro. Hick strong. And I'll I'll still I'll continue to say I feel like he's gonna figure it out. What was his on base? Two eighty four. Yeah. Has it ever been that low in his entire career? No. No. I feel like he's eventually gonna figure it out. But also one thing that I said before we started recording today was I feel like one of my biggest fears is that the the year that Myers had and I don't have the numbers in front of me. I think it was two forty three. His on base was like three twenty eight. Um, I don't know what slugging was. 460 something. Something like that. I feel like as, as quote-unquote, bad as a year as Myers had, I feel like that slash line is the absolute peak that we will ever see at up Renfro. I think if he puts up a 320, 330 on base, he's going to slug over 500. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I can't see him ever breaking that 330 mark for on base. It's just not going to happen. It's not in his game. That's not who he is. That's not no. who he's ever been. It would, it would take a lot for him to do that. Yeah. Um, he'd but the make- power is there. 26 homers. He took a month down in AAA. He probably hits 30-plus if he actually stayed up. Yeah, I mean, no doubt. I, we said that, too. He's going to run into 25 or 30. I agree with you. I think you still give him a leash because, you know, I know I talked earlier about Blash. Maybe kind of, you know, you throw him, Dickerson, Blash out there. But I think in all reality, the Padres' best chances in terms of developing players is going to be Renfro. I do think he's got the best chance of doing anything of those guys. So I do think maybe, you know, maybe I'll step back a little bit on maybe maybe making him earn it. Uh, Maybe tell him that, but really know that going in, it's going to be his job to lose because... I was actually surprised, you know, with the on-base issues that he was that close to league average because really, you know, if he's going to slug that big of a difference, um, I think that it's called weighted on-base, WOBA. WOBA. Yeah, WOBA. Um, I, I didn't know that he that, that he slugged almost 470. So if he can get on-base at a 310, 320 clip, hey, man, that's worth it. I mean, it's not, it's not great, but it's an everyday regular, and he's borderline that right now, so... I agree with you. I, I think he, he'll figure it out enough to suffice. He won't be a superstar. He's not going to be an all-star. He might not even be above average. But it'll be enough to be you know a, a solid piece. The power the power makes his leash a lot longer than it probably yeah. should be. Oh, yeah, absolutely. At his age. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Because they're, they're, you, can, you can dream on the power note for a couple of big years. Yeah. Um, next guy up, Aswahe, 270, 334, 362 on base. He's about 12% below league average, uh, probably because of the power. He looked pretty good defensively playing all over the place. What do you think of Aswahe in his kind of first full year? Well, I'll ask you this. Do you think that he, because I think he played well, do you think he played well enough to get the everyday nod at second base next year? 
he's to me neck and neck with Spangenberg. I would go with the Swy just because I think he's a longer term fit than Spangenberg is at this point. Yeah, I never viewed a Swahe as an everyday player. I don't either. I think he's more of a stopgap until Urias comes up. Yeah, and that's fine. That's fine with me if that's all he ever is. And once Urias is up, if a Swahe, you know, gives him a breather, uh, gives a third baseman a breather, you know, yeah. if he moves around, if he's, if he's a utility guy, if that's all he ever is, then I'm fine with that if he's going to put up the numbers that he did offensively. I'm yeah. more than happy with what he did offensively. Absolutely. You know, Andy Green, to his credit, again, that's another, another thing I like about Andy Green, um, he was very active in, in kind of mixing, mixing and matching, trying to get Solarte in every way he can, but mixing and matching Spangenberg and Aswahe, not running them out there every single day, but running them out there enough where they're getting consistent playing time um, on more than a part-time basis, almost like a, a quasi-full-time basis. So yeah, um, I agree with you. I do think he ends up being a utility, but if this is what he's going to be, this is what he's going to be coming off the bench. It's a valuable player. Now, one guy, one guy that I'll I'll ask you because I mean I don't want to go over all the position players. And I don't think you are. I don't see your notes, but no, I only got one more. Seeing as we're around the uh, fifty-two minute mark, I'll ask you, what are your thoughts on Austin Hedges? Oof, that's my that's my initial thought. Actually, that's the guy I was going to ask you next. So, just to throw it out there, Hedges hit two fourteen, hit a two sixty-two on base. He slugged three ninety-eight. He was. 26% below league average offensively. The but only... he's so dreamy. I Isn't he so dreamy? I don't care. He's not fucking me. <laughs> I don't care. No one is. No, no. I'm I'm fucking me. <laughs> Might as well throw it out there on that. You know what, guys? It's the last episode. You're not going to hear from me until April, so. You son of a bitch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> be a long date night when I go see Blade Runner by myself this weekend. Oh, boy. Anyways. Um, no, I mean, head just... You know, I'll be honest. I'm I'm really disappointed in Hedges. Because, I am too because he had a really rough start, and I thought you know he's gonna bounce back. It's just a bad start when he went like 0 for 30 or something like that. Mm-hmm. And then we actually talked about it on the podcast, like, hey, you know, he's actually done pretty well. Maybe the on base can get a little bit better. But he kind of eroded after that. It was basically boom or bust, and it was mostly bust. Like he had a double the other day, but you know, he just has some really major contact issues. He has major issues getting on base. Even batting in the eighth spot, you would expect. I mean, you can bat eighth and pretty much just walk up there expecting a walk. You yeah. can be picky as you want because, like Puig. Yeah, I mean, look at Yasiel Puig. Everyone's talking about Puig. I mean, the reality is he batted eighth more times than any other spot in the lineup. They're gonna pitch around you, even if you're Henry Blanco. They're gonna pitch around you because the fact is the pitcher is almost an automatic out. Even Hedges wasn't an automatic out. Um, so I'm I'm disappointed uh, from a, an offensive standpoint. Um, I was looking up uh, Baseball References defensive metric uh, for their value, which is our field. So basically, runs above average. Or you know, and Hedges was at seven to finish the year. Derek Norris was at seven last year. I'd have to look up the caught stealing and stuff. But there's no doubt in my mind. You know, when you start talking about just not that, but pitch framing, pitch sequencing, and all that stuff, that Hedges is the lead. But right now, he's a glorified backup catcher. I'm not saying we should, you know, dismiss him. I think you give him a long leash because of that defense and because they really don't have anybody else in the system. You know, it's not like, you know, Renfro, it's like, okay, you got two years because we've got this Onya kid who might be two years out, or we've got some other outfielder, you know, Ornelas, or, you know, you've, you've got guys you have down there that can challenge them. Yeah, the guys they, drift, they just drafted, Cunt yeah. and uh, Campusano, those yeah. they're well, quite how, a ways out. Yeah, look how long it took, you know, for, for Hedges to develop. I mean, he was drafted in 2000, and I want to say 2010. Yeah, he was drafted. It's two thousand and seven. Do you think his defense cancels out his woes at the plate? I think I I don't know. I think it. I mean, it depends on how you look at. it. If you look at it from a, a an, anim, a, an an analytical 
advanced metric point of view, the answer is yes, but it cancels out in the fact that he's kind of a non like a, a non-issue. He's a non-factor. He's not costing your team games, uh, but he's not also winning you games either. He's basically replacement level, which I guess is okay for now. But it, you know, he's got a hit. I mean, it's a, he can't he can't post a two sixty two on base. He can't. It's just it's not. It's a glorified twenty points catcher. lower than Renfro, by the way. Yeah, twenty. Well, I mean, I looked it up. I I, I looked it up because there was a little uh, we had a conversation with Patrick from uh, the EVT podcast about value and you know Will Myers, and I brought up Hedges about having a bad year. You know, Patrick made valid points that Myers is you know uh, kind of on towards the bottom quartile of first baseman in the league. I looked up numbers for the National League for Hedges. He's the second worst catcher in the National League with at least 400 plate appearances. So basically, at every you know regular everyday catcher, the only guy worse than him is an over the hill Matt Weeters. He's the only guy who had per fan graphs lower WAR, worse offensively. That's it. Hedges and Hedges is not far behind. I mean, it's not like Matt Weeters was just you know terrible and then Hedges just happened to be there. Was, Hedges was legitimately in the running with Weeters for the worst everyday catcher in the National League and. To me, that's a little bit of a bummer because I didn't expect him to hit, you know, 280 with a 350 on base. I said he can hit 240 and get on base at a 300 clip yep. and slug 390, which is what he did. And even if he slugged 380, I mean, he could have put up a Suarez numbers or less. And hell, put up Renfro's numbers: 280 with a 230 with a 290 on base, and then slug 350, 360. And to me, that is good enough. That's enough, just enough offense to make him an everyday catcher and, a, and an everyday regular. This year, to me, he was a backup. The Pies basically had three backup catchers. They got progressively worse. <laughs> yeah, and you mentioned uh, Patrick Brewer from the uh, EVT podcast. He put out a Twitter poll asking that over the next five years, would you rather have Will Myers or Austin Hedges? I would rather... Oof, that's rough. That's a rough take. I would rather have Hedges only because from positional value, I think Myers is pretty close. Myers has had enough time in the big leagues where... and I And I mentioned this to Patrick, too... Um, in our conversation that if you look at his career stat line, I did this for Mike Cameron a long time ago and people were complaining about him. It's like, look at his stat line. That's what you should expect out of him at this point. Myers has accumulated enough service time, enough at-bats um, to where if you look at his stat line, that's what you could typically expect. Maybe some deviation here or there and maybe a breakout year because he is still relatively young. Hedges, to me, is still developing. I do think his development was stunted in 2016. When they are uh, 15, when they brought him up too early and he just rode the bench. Yeah. Um, so, and you know, he's also hurt earlier this year. I don't know how much that went into play with the concussion and whatnot. Um, but I, I think from a positional value standpoint, I, I have a longer leash for Hedges than I would for Myers, strictly because he's a catcher. Any other position, he could kick rocks and eat shit. But because he's a catcher and because his defense does slightly outweigh his offensive, you know, mishaps and lacking bat. I would give, I would take Hedges over the next five years. He's also a lot cheaper. I'm saving a hundred million dollars. <laughs> Congratulations to Will Myers, by the way. He's he's only the the third Padre in Padres history to hit thirty homers and steal twenty bags. Who's the and, other two guys? Dave Winfield and Dave Winfield, and still be the most hated player on Padre Twitter. So congratulations <laughs> to Will Myers. 
very, uh, very, very impressive. Yeah, he's, that, let's that get front. into that, man. Will Myers, he is. Uh, we'll put it this way: as far as, and I know that the Padres have been a bad organization, but there's only been three players in their entire history, and I know this doesn't make or break. Klesko, wow! I'm just looking at uh, Dennis Lynn's tweet. Klesko and Steve Finley. Yeah. Okay, and this is since the Padres came in the league as a team. And what year did they come in the league as a team? 1969. Nice. Nice. I want to make you say it. Nice. I knew you were doing so it. So that's a third time. It. That's a third Twinkle time, dude. The yeah. third time. And it, surprised Winfield wasn't on that list. That's the guy I would have guessed. If I would have told you before the season, hey, Meyer's going to hit 30 bombs and he's going to steal 20 bags. I'd have been like, oh, great. So he's going to do what he did last year? Perfect. Yeah. I'd say, oh, hell yeah. Here's, here's if, if you put if you did this thing so on MLB Network when they compare the two guys and they have the faces completely blared, blared yeah. out and then they just have their stats. If you saw 30 homers, 20 stolen bags, and $4.5 million. Would you say, hell yeah, I'll take that Yeah, guy. of course. Anyone would. Anyone would. Except right. for people on Padres Twitter. I think the biggest thing comes down to that. They made a big hoopla about the, the contract. Uh, we want to build around Will Myers. He's not someone you build around. He's, he's some, a solid piece, but he's not someone you build around. You build and ar- if you're expecting him to be that guy, then that's on you. Agreed. And I think you build around him and others. Like He's part of what you build around, but he's not the guy. He's not, he's not Carlos Correa. No. He's not Frankie Lindor, you know. He's not Corey Seager. He's not. He's not that guy, you know. He's not even Adrian Gonzalez. Um, the thing with Myers, I, I think he's a victim of two things. If you look at his his stat line per his career, per what he did last year, it's pretty close to on point. Um, which again is, I think, what you expect. I think Myers is a victim of two things. His defense took a step back. His base running took a bit of a step back. Um, the other big thing too is that thirty home runs this year ain't what it was, you know, a year ago. I mean. It's, it's still 30 homers. It's still 30 home runs. But you have to think, too, that you know part of what his value is based on is how does he compare to his peers in the league. And that's where Myers kind of get. I mean, first base is a handicap anyways because you have to hit. This is why Yonder Alonso would have been fine in any other position except first base because you have to hit. Um, and Myers is at the one position where if you're a mediocre hitter, you're probably going to be more towards that bottom quartile, that bottom third of, of first baseman because offensively it's a it's a bat first position. Patrick and I discussed that as well on Twitter about you know his defense being bad, and I mentioned you know well I, I understand that it's a valid argument, but at the end of the day, nobody gives a shit about first base defense. You know Miguel Cabrera is awful. I mean if he played the full season, he probably he's probably right up there with Myers as worst defensive first baseman, but he hits. You know, Joey Votto is very good defensively, but nobody talks about that because he hits. Gonzalez was always excellent defensively. Nobody cared because he hits. Yonder Alonso, when he was here, was actually really good defensively, and nobody gave a shit because he didn't hit. Right. So first base, it's at the end of the defensive spectrum for a reason. It's because it's the least demanding, least skill-driven position on the field other than DH, uh, who I would argue is even more skill-driven than first because you got to hit. Um, and so his defense to me doesn't really matter. It's that you have to hit. And with the ball being juiced and offensive numbers being up, you know, the home run record set, um, you know, Myers just didn't keep pace with the rest of the league. And it it makes his numbers compared to his peers look worse than if you just compared him to what, you know, he's actually been doing. Which is what I, I mean, I just look at what he does on his own. Um, and I, I'm not surprised by the year he had. It's similar to the last two years he's had with us. Yeah. I mean, I mean it's, it's it, it is what it is. That's what he is. He's a 250 hitter. He's probably 330, 340 on base, and he's going to slug around 470. 450. This year, and then next year, and the year after. I think he's making a total of $15 million. Yeah, he's pretty cheap. So let's cool it. There's a lot worse 
issues on this team and in a this lot. future than yeah. Will Myers. Yeah. So let's fucking relax. My dude. biggest thing that you know is is uh, and and I understand everybody has their gripes. Patrick has his gripes. Myers, I get it. You know when you don't when you when you don't care for a player, you feel disappointed. I do think you find reasons to dislike him. I had this thing with Wally Joyner for a little while. <laughs> I couldn't stand him. I pointed out everything that, that you know I hated about him. But I mean, I was like twelve. I feel 15. like some. I mean, people are going out of their way. Yeah, the big thing to me is, guy, is when like, you bash the guy on, for jogging dude. the bases. Yeah, everybody jogs the base. Jan Harris Salarte jogs the bases. He's the worst offender. He is. He's the worst. Of, why don't we say anything to him? Eric and I aren't going to make the joke. Do you want to make the joke? No. Okay. So we're not going to make the joke. I mean, the reality is everybody dogs at Hedges dogs at Renfro dogs. You know, nobody is screaming up the box. Bryce Harper, who people used to tell, you know, hey, you got to slow it down a little bit. He doesn't scream up the damn box on a routine ground ball because the reality is if the guy's got a 90% fielding percentage, 9 out of 10 times, you're still out. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm not, I don't care about that. Like, why are you going to, Keith Law made a really good point about somebody yelling about Bryce Harper not running out a routine ground ball. Um, it's like, why do you want a guy to go over there and overdo it on a routine out and possibly injure himself for a ball for a comeback or hit at the pitcher? It's yeah. like why are you going to do that? Why would you why would you risk that? It doesn't make sense. Myers doesn't do anything more egregiously running to the bases than any other player. He's he's the least he's not he's not the worst on the Padres. That's definitely Solarte. Yeah. I've I seen just, Solarte dog gets, it on double plays. Yeah, big time. And he it's cuz he knows he's slow. He's going to get thrown out anyway. Yeah, so he just what the hell why, why and he's had injuries. I'm not going to I I'm not gonna lie to you, Eric. I hit ground balls. I jog. Yeah. I have hamstring issues. I'm not trying to run those damn things out. Just yeah. throw me out. Let me jog back to the dugout. Exactly. So and and we play once a week. Yeah. These guys are playing 162 games. So if they want to jog out of the box here and there, who gives a shit? Yeah. Especially especially in times like these. God damn it, dude. It's so annoying. It's the it's it's silly it's silly nitpicky things that don't amount to anything. Yeah. They don't amount to anything. They don't add up to anything. You know, the one if, out of a hundred times he's gonna beat out the ground ball. It, it doesn't amount to anything. It's, if you want to put him under a microscope when he's making twenty two million, okay. Yeah, I get it. Four and, million dollars, which is less than what he would have made in arbitration. Let's 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 pump the brakes a little bit. That's probably why, and and that's why I can kind of see the side of the people who are on his case so much because we know he's gonna get paid that much eventually. But, Who cares? It ain't my money. I know, but at, at the end of the day, I, I can kind of see both sides. Twenty million ain't shit now, anyways. Manny Machado and Bryce Harper about to make like a combined seventy. Yeah. So especially with the money that is going around the NBA, oh, so big time. God. It's, oh man. I feel like I feel like MLB salaries only get higher and higher. But indeed, we're uh we're about an hour and five minutes into the show here, and, and we're still not done. I really wanted to get into the uh, Padres Twitter. We we don't want to leave you guys. I mean, we're we're gonna oh, we're gonna man. miss you in this cold, dark off season. What the hell am I gonna do? Lonely off season. You're getting married. You're gonna go to Puerto Vallarta and you know go uh, fill up, uh, wash your vodka down in the rain in the hot tub. What yeah. am I gonna be doing? Tequila. Nothing. Yeah, I'm not be dumb. Changing diapers, beating off, fucking myself. Yeah. So um, I put out on Twitter today instead of the usual, "Hey guys, uh, what do you want to talk about?" Um, I said, "Hey, what do you guys want to see from the team this off season?" By the way, thanks. This is probably the the most response. We just got a response like ten minutes ago. I don't know if you saw it. Yeah, I did see yeah. that. Yeah, so... Um, first, Don't worry, guy. We got it in. <laughs> the first one here, uh, Padres Jagoff, he says, bring home Kashner to piss off at Cavs for days. Unfollow. <laughs> <laughs> Kashner, the Texan pussy. Yeah, he's actually having a decent year in Texas, but it's uh, it's uh, not not going to be. He's, he doesn't strike anybody out. He gives up a lot of contact. 
And no thanks. Maybe we should have called this the uh, bring back thread because there's yeah. a lot of guys that ask, hey, let's bring back this guy. So um, Andy Mazzone at 13 Mazzone. What about Tyson, uh, Tyson Ross on a Josh Johnson or Mark Pryor type deal? So, the, so we're going to pay him a million dollars to play catch? Yeah, this is the contract never that sniffed never sniffed them ends. Oh, yeah. God. No, no thanks. thanks. Yeah. No I, thanks. I will pass on Tyson Ross. We should have traded Tyson Ross a long time ago. Yep. We could probably have uh, Jerks, Jerks and Profile. Jerks right about now. Yeah. yeah. And uh, and he, he checks in again with probably his best work of the season at 13 Mazone. He's By said, the way, shout out to Andy Mazone for reminding me why I don't shop at Ross in National City. <laughs> Anyways. So uh, Andy Mazone, he says what he wants to see in the offseason. He says for them to make sure FT2, Fernando Tatis, does not drive in the Dominican Republic. Oh, hot take right there. Do yeah. you hear me at Padres? <laughs> I am down with that. Yeah, I am I am too. down with that. And Pay we're not trying to be right. I'm, I'm just saying, there's, I don't know what it is with these young guys. And when they go home, I, 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 maybe it's because they're making... Well, Tatis ain't making no money right now, so I think we're okay. But um, and, and, of course, he's got his dad who's probably, you know, keeping him in line. Not telling him not to blow his shot. But uh, I don't know what it is, man. The MLB has to do something because there's there's a lot of these like young deaths of late. Yeah. I mean, you know, Ventura was tragic. He was tragic. I mean, was he uh, was he intoxicated at the time? I want to say he was. I believe so. I know Fernandez was. Oh yeah. Yeah, I know he was. Uh, he was uh, blown up, so to speak. Absolutely. Before being blown up. Yeah. <laughs> yes, that's that's very true. So, but yeah, they they gotta crack down and do something because this is it's not good. Even it, it it doesn't matter if it's only been one or two guys. I mean, these kids are young. Fernandez was having a baby. Yeah. For God's sakes, the child's grown up without its father. Yeah. So yeah, they gotta do something. But that's Stick, a good take. Sticking on the uh, bring home thread or bring back thread, Chad at the Chamner, um, formerly of Padres Prospectus. Now, and I'm, I don't know if they already said it, but Spoiler now alert. of Gwintelligence. Oh, oh. Yeah, so we forgot uh, Mad Friars there picked up the, the biggest uh, uh, deadline deals there with getting yeah. a couple guys yeah, from Yeah, but Potter's Jagoff coming through at the August waiver deadline. Yeah. So, right in time for the playoffs. Uh, at The Chamner says, bring home Jake. Agreed. Yeah. Oh, you kiss ass. This is a man, this is a man after my own heart. Jake Peavy is, he's my third favorite Potter of all time. There's Tony, there's Trevor, there's Jake for me. And it's not even close. If you know me, I'm a huge PV guy. My stupid adult number for adult baseball is number 44. Tell them what you did. You've said this story before, but tell them what you did when the tower squeaked in that deal at the deadline. Dude, I was I was at AJ's house. I was at your cousin's house. And I was laying there on, on the ground. And we were watching the um, MLB Network trade deadline specialist. is in 09. And then 1 o'clock comes, which is the deadline. And no trade. And I'm like, fuck yeah. Yes. And then all of a sudden they're like, wait, beep, 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 breaking news, breaking news. <laughs> there has been a trade that has squeaked into the deadline, and Jake Peavy is going to Chicago. I started screaming and punching the ground and throwing my shit. I Eric hopped in my six car. six foot five, 300 pounds, by the way. <laughs> I hopped in my car, went to Plaza Bonita, and bought a White Sox hat at that very moment. I, and I was I was driving down there. I was listening to uh, Jake on uh, the Darren Smith show, and I still remember he was in the parking lot at freaking uh, Guitar Center, <laughs> and he was talking about how he didn't want to be traded. But eventually, I mean, hey, you got to wave the claws sometime. But yes, let's, uh, let's tell a quick story about Jake Peavy. This kind of guy Jake Peavy was for uh, for fans. When uh, he went to the White Sox, obviously went through a lot of injuries. He was traded while he was injured. Yeah. Um, and so when he was coming back off the DL. I think it was his second year. We drove up. That to was L- after his big uh, yeah, back lat or yeah, lat, yeah whatever yeah, it was. 
misdiagnosed injury. Yeah. Um, we drove up to Anaheim to go watch him play the Angels. Um, and we got there, and we all had, you know, I didn't it have It was a his white first Sox start hat. back. Yeah, I didn't have a White Sox hat. I had a black Padre hat, but it had a P on it. And then we all made signs. So I had a sign that says San Diego, Mrs. PV, sad face. We're total fanboys. Yeah, for total fanboys. So San Diego, Mrs. PV, come back home. I think we had a Jake sign, and we just kept writing in case. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so we're standing out in left field, and Jake is stretching. And uh, he comes out there. We have the sign. And we're like, Jake, Jake. And we show him the sign. He turns to us and, uh, oh, thank, thanks a lot, guys. And uh, salutes us, which is great. Yeah. And then he's thrown in the bullpen, and as he's getting ready to jog back into the dugout, we're like, yeah, Jake, go. And Eric goes, yeah, Jake, fuck shit up, Jake. Fuck their shit up. Yeah. He and he, like, like, nods and yeah, tosses he, me a ball. He tosses you a ball. Now, you didn't reach out. You let some snot-nosed brat get it. Yeah, I did. We could be passing that ball around every year saying, all right, Eric, it's your turn to hold on to the Jake Peavy ball. Yeah, that's true. I didn't want to take a ball from a kid because I'd feel like a dick. But that, that's back in my future. Yeah, yeah. What my did former you, days. What, now I would do it. Yeah, what, didn't you get a foul ball and some kid said, Hey, mister, can I have the ball? Yeah, that was at Elsinore. Piss off, kid. Yeah, I was at Elsinore. It hit off my hands and it hurt like shit, dude. And he comes up, hey, can I have it? Can I have it? I'm like, no, I'm keeping this. I'm like, get out of here. Scram. Scram. <laughs> Where's your parents? <laughs> so anyways. Scram. That was, on. that was from Chad. Thanks a lot for that, Chad. Yeah, I'm completely. You can tell. We love Jake Peter. Completely on board for that. Please bring him back. He is a shell of what he formerly he was. He can even put on post-game shows. But I would take that shell for sure. So uh, my girl Talia, at Talia underscore M1. She has four points. She just followed me, and I just gave her a follow back. Thanks, Talia. I will f- all four points. I will read off. Trade mediocre Myers. Trade mediocre Myers. Trade mediocre Myers. And number four, resolve second base situation by Salarte, Spangy, etc. So the reason why she brings that up about Myers is I feel like it's her, me, and maybe a couple other people. Craig Meddy, a couple other people against Patrick Brewer. And the whole, hey, uh, Myers, because it's the cool thing to hate so on Myers. So she's being facetious. Oh, of course. Oh, okay. And I didn't so, catch that at first. I was like, mm. I feel like we're the only ones that are defending Will Myers. What do you think I was doing? Maybe in the offseason, we should have like a cage match. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. I, I think I have like 500 pounds on Patrick Brewer. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, that's that was that's very funny. But what about second base situation? Uh, so is uh, do you think Solarte is gone? He said he wants to stay. Um, as some, I well, of course, it, yeah. everyone's going to say it. No one's going to say, hey, I want to leave. Or shit, John Carl Stanton told uh, an interview the other day, I've lost for seven years. <laughs> yeah, but players on this team. Yeah. You know, no um, one's going to say that. You know, they might. I think it depends on the market and depends on what team, like what teams need a third base, like utility guy. Uh, Solarte fits well in a lot of teams. That, like the Red Sox could use him. The Yankees could use him. Uh, if they want him back, we just don't want Headley back. Send somebody else over. Um, so and he's cheap and he's a cheap contract. So I think right now you go in. Solarte is my second baseman or my third baseman, and Aswahi is my second baseman as it stands right now. Aswahi or Spangenberg. If you get the opportunity to move Solarte, I think you jump all over it. Like I said, you get the best available package. He's he's a mediocre major league regular. That's what he is. He's he's he's. There, he fills a spot. He does well enough. I feel like we'll have a, a soft spot for Solarte because of what happened with him as personal. I, life. I liked Solarte before that, but I think you're right. Um, of course, Mazone with the uh, what did he call it? The uh, single Solarte singles dad club, single dad club. So, so I made an awful joke at my bachelor party. I, I was buzzed. I was getting there. I said, "Hey, Andy, you know what Danny and Solarte have in common? Single dad." And I, I wasn't, pr- <laughs> I wasn't proud of it. And now he's starting to make, he's trying to make that hashtag of single dad club. But yeah. 
Anyway, so I have, I have a pretty fucked up sense of humor, but I, I think they'll we trade him. We won't say what I said to Mazzone when I was buzzing over there. I, I we'll, think we'll they'll trade him. I think they're cool with giving Oswahi the everyday start until Urias gets up there and putting Spangenberg at third. I, I think agree. they're cool with that, and I think if you trade Solarte now with his contract, he didn't have the best year this year. He had a pretty good year. It wasn't, he, it wasn't great. It wasn't great, but it was, it was like okay. counting numbers, he had almost 20. It was enough to where I feel like they would get a pretty decent return if they were to trade. Yeah, they're going to have to look for like, you know, guys that kind of lottery tickets, but that's what you're going to get for guys like Solarte. You just take yeah. a shot because uh, it's better than nothing. That's what Solarte was, a fucking lottery ticket. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, Talia, that's what we think. We think uh, Swayo will hold the spot down and Urias will be up probably halfway through the year. Yeah, and thanks for the first three points there, Talia. Yes, Couldn't be more you. on board that they yeah. need to trade his sorry ass. Yeah, get um, Myers in that haircut out of here. Yeah, so there's there's a lot of them here, and I'm, I'm sorry, guys, we can't get to all of them here today, but we appreciate all the feedback. There's uh, These next two are probably the most, the most Padre takes ever. So this one guy, he goes, uh, former Charger fan at CBurton35 in all capitals. Sign Giancarlo Stanton. There's only one problem. He's already signed for like the next 15 years. Yes. I don't think he's a free agent until he's like 65. So you're not going to sign him. He'd be collecting Social Security, but our generation probably won't get that. You could trade for him. No, thanks. No? I actually had a discussion with my uncle. About- you wouldn't trade for Stan? No. I, we went over this, but well, here's the thing, and this kind of goes back to Marva from the Gwintelligence podcast was what scared. What did he say this time? Well, no, he said that someone was going to. Oh, uh, well, someone's going to claim him off waivers, and the Marlins are going to give him away because of the contract. Well, whose problem is that? It's not the Potters' problem. They're not going to do it. Well, the thing is, is a player like Stanton. Are you just going to give him away just because he's making too much? The, no. Well, absolutely one, well, not. Well, Derek Jeter just told the current CEO before leaving to fire four play, four former players. Yeah. <laughs> because he wasn't man enough to do it himself. So who knows what they're going to do? Who knows? But, um, man, if he's on the market, I'm I'm calling. I want to see what they want. Yeah. I at mean, the, the very least. The thing with the Marlins is that they're they're in a rough spot. And I was talking to my uncle about this the other day. They're in a rough spot because they owe him a lot of money. He's signed through the age of 38. If we've known, He's been injury prone. The reason he hit you know, 59 home runs this year is because he was actually healthy. You know, every other year it feels like he's either not. Last year he slumped, but it's either like he's not healthy, he's on the DL. I know he got hit in the face, and that wasn't his fault. But the other years, it's like, oh, he's got a bad leg, or he's got a bad calf, it's a hamstring. Something keeps him off the field. Um, so they, they don't have a lot of leverage up from that standpoint. The thing that really kills me is signed for such a long amount of time, and this is what killed the Padres with Peavy. Everybody knows they need to trade him, that they yeah. cannot have that contract on the books. That's why he's attainable, though, that, that for the it, Padres. You don't have to give up that much. You're you, giving up a lot. You don't. But you, not that much. You don't? I don't think you're giving up a lot. I think the Marlins have two options. They can take a lesser package, kind of like what the Red Sox did, to dump Crawford, Gonzalez, and Beckett, and then they threw Punto in there. Yeah. Um, and took some What would you call me? <laughs> I said Punto. Oh, okay. Yeah. Punto.com. <laughs> like uh, .com in Spanish. Ponle Asento? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. I think of you in those commercials. Come on, too. Oh, well, I'm honored. Yes, you should be. Um, where was I? Okay, so the Dodgers ate all that salary for Crawford, Gonzalez, and Becker, right? They didn't give up anything. I think Jerry Sands and Ruby De La Rosa were, like, the top prospects in that deal. I use this term lightly. Yeah. So I don't think the Marlins would get that little back, but they're not going to be getting, like, like, I would trade... Urias straight up for Stanton, but that'd be it. Because to me, Urias' floor is utility player. His his ceiling is above average everyday second baseman. Well, if it's if it's a straight up trade, you're trading away Urias and you're taking on the entire contract. Yeah, but see, I would do that because I'm not giving up. 
I'm giving up a really good, legitimate prospect, borderline top 100. So you're saying if you're the Padres in the situation they're in financially, you would take on that contract for well, that amount have, of time. Well, you mentioned they're going to have a lot of you know dead money coming off the books. They are. But um, you also do have, and going back to this point, I was kind of on Fuck it, throw Renfro in there too. Well, the thing is you're going to have to start paying these guys through arbitration when they get better that, if you well, want to keep them around. Actually, you didn't say that. I said I know. I'm, come, I'm flip-flopping sides. you got to be good stunned. at something, and that's I'm what stunned. I'm good at. Let me guess. You threw your fat ass on the grill, and now that side's done, so you got to turn yourself over yeah exactly yeah, i knew it low and slow baby. yeah low. <laughs> so, is that uh is that what our studio announcer says i yes <laughs> no she usually says you're done already yeah so um did you start yet <laughs> I, I i still really want stan on the team i realize it's unrealistic but it's fun to dream about it dude. is having him right smack dab in the middle of that lineup smack dab bat his ass second why not? Not Manningly was like, I might bat him lead off. Bat him second. Yeah. Um, no, but I mean, the Marlins, I mean, you could kick the tires to the Marlins in a rough spot. If they want any kind of prospects, legit prospects, they're going to have to eat a lot of salary. And at that point, I'm not talking to them. All I'm saying is, I'm going to call them to see what they want. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, do you guys want to dump the salary? We'll take the salary and we'll give you a couple of decent prospects. Or are you do are you going to eat like half the contract and then we'll actually give you like legit you know, top 10 prospects. Yeah. Not name FT2. Yeah. Yeah. You're not getting Tatis. So uh, another Padre take here from uh, my pal, Daniel DeAnda at DanSam0820. DeAnda, I heard you can hit. Why don't you come out and prove it next spring on our adult league team? Oh yeah. He smashes. Sign Otani, Darvish, and Moustakis with Mm. three exclamation points. That's the most Padre take I've ever heard. Yeah. First of all, Otani's not happening. Number one, you can sign Darvish if you want. That doesn't mean Otani's coming in. No. It's not happening. Relax. Otani, now, number one, I think Major League Baseball should make an exception for him so he doesn't have to go to these stupid posting rules. He should just be a free agent. Well, he had the option to stick around there for a couple years and make as much money as he wants. He's making this decision. No one's forcing him to come over I at this point. I understand that, but he doesn't care about money. I know he doesn't, but it's dumb. You're, you're handicapping, not handicap, but it's it's dumb. He's he's a professional player. He's not an international player like Tatis Jr. But anyway, it doesn't matter. The Padres have no shot because it doesn't. It's different when you know any team can bid on them, but you can pay them anything you want. When every team can only pay X amount of dollars, at that point, every team's got a shot. And the teams that are going to be getting the interest are the Yankees, the Dodgers, the Cubs, even the Indians. You know these teams that are. Uh, oh, sorry, my. PC fans, Cleveland Indians. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, those are the, you know, it, he gets to pick and choose because every team's going to be interested and they're not going to pay a lot of money like like the Rangers paid for Darvish. I would not bring in Darvish. I wouldn't bring in Darvish. And I wouldn't bring in Mustakas because these are guys who are going to sign to these, you know, long-term deals probably three to five years at least. Yeah. And the Padres aren't going to be competing in those three to five years. I know ownership has said, you know, by 2019, we want to be competing. And I think that's realistic. I think they can maybe look at, like, a wild card spot, kind of like the Rockies did uh, this year. And I hope they get blown out because I hate Bud Black. Um, but um, <laughs> Hot take. Hot take. Bud is a dud. Um, so I think 2019 maybe, then 2020 gets better. But I, I don't think Moustakis is, is a fit here. I don't think uh, – if you're going to go make a big splash on free agency, go sign Bryce Harper for 2019. Or Machado. Machado's a little bit older. I like Harper better. So here's another one from uh, Cameron Jose, at Real Cameron Jose. Thank you, sir. He says, any concern that in their investigation of the international market and the resignation of Copalella, Copalella? The Braves GM. Copy. Let's call copy. copy. Uh, MLB might find more dirt on Preller. That did cross my mind. And at the same time, it's really nice to see that the spotlight and the microscope is on another team and another GM. Yeah. 
Um, no, I honestly, they might find dirt on every team because the fact of the matter is, if you guys read, I tell you, read Keith Law, he's a lot of good insight. Teams have handshake deals with prospects from Latin America well in advance of the signing period. If you go watch the movie Pelotero, it shows... Uh, Miguel Sano. Yeah, Miguel Sano. Miguel Angel Sano. Yeah. Uh, when he was a young, skinny shortstop. By the way, if you watch, you can see, like, yeah, he's going to be a star. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> but it's, it's amazing because they actually taped a scout. I want to say it was for his, his scout. Uh, the guy, Or not the scout, but the guy that, like, communicates with the team and stuff that gets money for him. Um, or percentage of the cut, basically like trying to bully the parents into making a commitment. Um, so it's it's some really underhanded, dirty tactics that they do to sign these kids. Now for for Copuella, apparently he's got all kinds of shit going on. A draft pick that they wanted to slide, sign like a like one point five mil under slot that they said they, they if he took that under slot deal they'd buy him a car or some shit. It hasn't been confirmed, but still shady. A, yeah, it's fact that it's out there. That he had a handshake deal with a 14 or 15 year old kid well in advance. I mean, that could be my time. Um, and that's a big thing, too, is that. That's what Philip Westland was saying. Take whoever the Braves are about to lose at Philip West, West. Prospect wise, we don't want the front. Copewell is done. Yeah. He's oh, yeah. done. He's, he is never managing in the major leagues or never GMing in the major leagues again. But, dude, it happened to the Red Sox. Could you imagine if Kevin Maitan was a, was a free agent? Yeah, the guys the Red Sox got, too, were like, they were, they were limited because of Moncada. So those guys, they just you know here split this one, split this three hundred together. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Maitan was the number one overall prospect, and the, he actually made less than a lot than Onya and Morahone. Yeah. He made four point, you know, less four point, I think four point five or something like that. Yeah. But, but I'm when Morahone got eleven mil. Yeah, and Onya got what six, nine? seven. Yeah. Nice. So nice. He <laughs> said Very six nice. nine. I know. I know what I said. Yeah. So he signed for that much. That I mean, there has to be. He had to have been offered more elsewhere yeah so maybe there was some shady shit that got him on there man if he's a free agent yeah a could, lot of teams are gonna come calling yeah There's so that. so though that's that's interesting i do worry though that preller might get caught up in this but i think every team is going to it's just a matter of what kind of dirt they have now there's there's word that that copewell is not liked not yeah. only by his front office uh, but more so by the league he's not easy to deal with and and whatnot so Braves fans are a little difficult on Twitter too. They like thumping their chest about their system. So, oh my God. God, I hope they lose These a couple. These are the same guys ones. that don't get like they they complain like we need to trade Kemp and Andor Marquez so that way Acuna can come up when we keep the hitting machine NCR. It's like no, those other two old slubs have negative value. You're not going to get anything for them. You're better off trading NCR to get more value to put around Acuna who can play center field. These, but they, you know, you can't, you can't talk to Brave fan. Yeah. So the last one that we'll kind of sum up here. There's a few it's of them. Water. Uh, there's a few of them here. Uh, QQSS uh, at a mob of, what's that? A mob of ducks. Um, and then also uh, Fausto at SD Fausto. Carmona. <laughs> Roberto Hernandez. Carmona. No. And then um, Sean Conigan. Sean's listened to the show throughout the season. So at yeah, Sean big Conigan, fan, Sean. Thank you very much. Um, all of them are bringing up uniform talk. And Stephen Woods never listens to our show, but he seems to think that we're all over the u- the uniform talk. All of these guys are saying, hey, bring back. You didn't back. listen, Woods? No, he doesn't. Well, I don't listen to your show. Everyone says. I wouldn't listen anyways. Don't take it personal. <laughs> You're an idiot. So everyone's <laughs> saying, bring back, uh, bring back the Brown. They want to see a uniform change. Do you think they're going to switch it up this season? or Next are year. They, uh, that's what I'm going to say. Are they waiting until next year for the, was it the 50th anniversary? I think so. They're going to wait for that and change well, it up? I, I think with uniform changes, they have to have it in by a certain deadline, um, which 
I think they're already past it. So I, I think with the uniforms, it'll probably be 2019. Yeah. Um, and that's the year where I think you'll see, you know, Quantrill, Tatis, all these younger guys, Knicks, um, coming up, and it'll be more exciting. Um, they did say, Fowler did say, that they're going to do a, a very focused study about the Brown and saying if, you know, that's what the fans want. Oh, great. And, I feel a lot better now that you yeah, said that. Yeah. Well, I said on there that they're just going to talk to the typical season ticket holders that wear the, uh, you know, Hawaiian T-shirts and Titleist visors. So the Padres will have Hawaiian print jerseys going forward. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so. my thing is, if you're going to change it, make a change. And tell the fans one way or another. If you have to have that that hard conversation and say, hey, we're not doing this. I know you want it, but we're not doing this. This is what we're doing, and this is what we're going to stick with. I'd have more respect stick for that. Stick with. Yes. Stick with. Yes. No more of this bland bullshit, white and blue, this and just switching it out, wash, rinse, and repeat. This is the fourth jersey incarnation since 2004. Yeah, that's pathetic. It's sad. So actually, I mean, and they've had all kinds of different, you know, road alternates. Yeah. So no, it's 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 really irritating because the jerseys they just get more and more plain. The, who is it? Is that Chains Padres that no. comes up with the mock jerseys? It's a guy. It's at B. Bring back the brown 2018 yeah, or 2019 like, or something like that. Bizarro Padres or something like that. He works up. He puts he, out some of the sick best. Yeah jerseys and he did one that i really liked i wasn't big on the pinstripe one you sent me i was big on two of them the one that has the current square padres font it's brown and it's got the brown padres with the orange board i like that one but the one that i really liked is the one i emailed or i messaged you and aj that I cropped out of the photo yeah um it's it's it looks like the old school like randy jones colors it's white it's got the sd on the left um and then it's got the yellow uh numbers with the brown border and then the brown name with the yellow border and then it's got the Friday hat. Looks so fucking clean. And it looks good. Even my mom is like, you know, I like the pinstripes because Tony Gwynn and the blue and orange. But the Padres are brown. They should go to brown. And I'm like, why don't we just go to brown? Let's just make a decision. Do something. It's no, kind of no, like... Because if you do that, they're going to be like, okay, right, we've made a decision, guys. These are our jerseys. And it's the shit ones we got now. Yeah. I don't want to see those in playoff baseball. Yeah. We're going to put... The, the, the ratings are going to plummet. I feel like they're either going to go back to the 98s because I feel like those those are gaining traction. Those so are gaining... a number of those at the stadium. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So those are gaining traction. I feel like they're either going to go to that or some variation of brown. And I feel like it's one or the other. And either way, I'm cool with it. Yeah. So just do it. Get it over with. You're Ron Fowler, you're not going to do any market research. And you know it. And if you do the market research, you're not going to tell us if it doesn't come back the way that you wanted it to come out, you're not going to tell us the results. You're just going to make the decision say, well, you know, overwhelmingly, these guys wanted this. No. Like, it's very clear what the people want. The, the <coughs> excuse me, the brown hat is popular. How much, you know what's funny? Is that when they had a 50% off fan appreciation sale over there, so they marked everything up to mark it down 50%. yeah. yeah. How much brown fucking gear did we see? Yeah. Jesus, every all, all the hats and all the t-shirts. I mean, they had the jerseys and stuff. Nobody was buying that. But brown hats, brown t-shirts, brown banners, brown everything. It's obvious that they know the brown sells. Why the hell they just don't do the jerseys beyond me? Yeah, and that's that's enough uniform talk. So we're about um, we're we're getting towards the end of the show here. And how, it's how long are we in? Hour and a half. You called it. You said it was going to be an hour and a half show earlier today, and I questioned that. It's it's kind of it's kind of sad because it's like, man, this is the last the last show for a while. I don't know when we're going to do our last show, and we've we've really liked doing this. But um, what do you see the team doing in the off season as far as like signings? Um, what do you think they're going to do in the off season? I think they're going to bring back Shasin. I really do. I Me think too. they're going to bring back Shasin. I think they'll deal hand and Solarte. Um, 
I could see them bringing back Ibar, honestly, or trying to... Ugh. I know, but they don't have any other players to put it short. So we're feeling, finding some stopgap shortstop like, you know, Echeverria or Alcides Escobar, you know. So I, that's what I think. They're going to just stopgap at second. They'll sign some mediocre guys to back up, sign a couple of bullpen arms off the, off the scrap heap. But I think they're going to do what they did last year. They're going to pick up a shortstop, and they'll sign one or two pitchers to fill in. So I think it's going to be Shasin and somebody else. I, I think the same thing. And, and what I hope for, I'm hoping for patience. So out of Preller and more so management, um, or ownership, I should say. I'm hoping for patience that they don't just make trades for the sake of making trades, which they didn't trade hand at the deadline. So that gives me some hope. Um mm. But I, but I think that you're. I think you're right. It, it's going to be more of what happened last year. You're going to get a scrap heap. You might. I do think they'll bring back Chassin. I think Solarte's gone, which does make me sad. But hey, it's you know, see ya. So I do think, <laughs> <laughs> I do think Solarte's is gone, and they're going to be just fine. And then next year, honestly, with the way that they're playing, the way that they played this year, and I think that we can agree that they overperformed record-wise. Oh, yeah. Even though their, their run differential is awful. Exactly. Even though their run differential was, was awful, they overperformed record-wise. Now, you can only expect and hope that these players are going to progress. So I think next year they might be flirting around 500. And I know no one's going to be happy about that because everyone's going to have the same tank mentality. But if they progress to where they're right around 500, it's not the most exciting thing. It doesn't make my dick rock hard, but I would be okay with it. Because I do think 2019, Seidler wants to go for it in 2019. He hopes that they're ready by then. So it, it would be natural, and no team is going to be the Twins and go from dead last to playoffs. Ah, oh, you know, the Rockies it's were, rare. were pretty rough last year. And it's rare. It it's rare, but we're not going to go out and sign Desmond, and the Rockies can do, can do stuff like that. So I feel like they're going to end up being around 500 next year, and no one's going to be happy about it, and it's going to be a lot of tank talk next year again. I hate that you brought up the run differential. You want to know why? Why? The Padres run differential this year, they gave up 816. They scored 604. They went 71 and 91. Their their run differential, the Pythagorean win-loss record, 59 and 103. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Pythagorean what? Huh? huh? Uh, who's what? What? Pie? I want pie. Yeah. <laughs> did you get enough pie last week, buddy? Yeah, I don't think I did. <laughs> yeah. So based on the run differential, they should have been 59 and 103. Yeah. Fire Andy Green. Yeah. <laughs> you failed us. <laughs> um, no, I, I don't think – I honestly don't think they're going to be 500. I don't think you can bank on them overplaying it. I think they're only going to be worse next year because they still don't have any depth coming up unless guys start coming up in the second half. And by that point, I think – I don't think it's going to make a difference. Really, honestly, July, if you take their July out of it, then they're probably like closer to last place in the league. Then they finished. They just had that one winning month. If you take like what five or six wins away, now they're down in like the mid sixties and they're closer. So I do think there's going to be more excitement next year towards the end of the year because I do feel like we are more than likely going to see Tatis. I think Tatis, Urias, I think we're going to see Lucchese. We're going to see probably Knicks at some point. Yeah. So I feel like next year is going to be much more exciting than this year. Yeah. yeah. So that's that's what I think. And uh, one thing for goddamn sure I know is we will be at spring training for sure. We just have to lock down which weekend it's going to be. I don't have it. Right in front of me, I'm but we will sure we're let going, you know. Uh, my birthday weekend, which is I'm, I'm, my birthday is March 24th, guys. So we'll probably be there around that weekend. Yeah, because the prospects are still all the prospects are on the backfields at that point. Yeah, and so, we will be back there. So yeah. find us there. We will put it on Twitter when uh, when we're out there and let you guys know. Exactly Big Airbnb why. party, by the way. Maybe yeah. we'll do a little birthday bash or something. Yeah, 
yeah that would be there. that would be great so um yeah we'll be there for sure what do you think you want to do the the podcast next season too yeah why not i'll probably <laughs> still be a single dad at the rate my tinder uh, account is going yeah hey uh, I, I have faith in you there bud but... i have faith the, the tides are turning. Yeah, slowly but surely. Uh, do you have anything you want to say to our uh, loyal listener of loyal listener? Well, of, uh, the last time ten I thanked everybody, uh, you know, all, all 150 of them. The last time you told me I got sappy, and I'm a pretty sappy guy, but oh yeah, yeah the worst. I am the worst. I am the worst. Uh, but no, just guys, it has been an absolute fucking blast that Eric and I started this uh, recording in his car. <laughs> yeah. And now we're recording. That's the joke yeah. about the studios. Yeah. We were we were literally recording in my Ultima for yeah. the first like three months. <laughs> yeah, the first uh, half of the season. So um, it has been an absolute blast starting from that and getting like five listens. Eric almost wanted to quit. We were telling Jag off after about five episodes. He's ready to quit, and then uh, I'm like, dude, it's Rich, Billy, Justin, like those, yeah. are, and me and Danny. Those are the only guys that are listening, and <laughs> and it's it's just um we're getting together at one or two in the morning, and it's just yeah. I'm over it. And now look where we're at. We got I'm on Twitter now. Oh, jeez. <laughs> so, but no, really, guys, we, we appreciate you listening. We will be back periodically throughout the uh, off season when stuff goes down. But uh, thanks for for giving us all the listens. Thanks for all the support. Thanks for the Twitter feedback. That's probably the the big thing. Is I love that uh, we get so many questions on Twitter. Yeah. Outside of the coming out of the closet jokes by Drunk Flannery. Yeah. That shit can eat a dick. Yeah, exactly. So it's it's been fun meeting people you wouldn't normally meet. Um, you know, uh, speaking with people you wouldn't normally speak to. So that, that has been fun. And, uh, yeah, we really appreciate the feedback on Twitter. And if you've stuck around this long and thank you, we will, we'll check in in the off season. If there's any big stuff that goes down, we'll, we'll check in, but, uh, nothing probably for the next, at least mm-hmm. month or two. I'm getting married this Saturday. Yeah, I was so. going to say, Eric's, uh, taking the plunge this Saturday. Yeah, I will be getting neutered this Saturday, October 7th. So, so, so. let's see, let's, we'll, we'll do a bet here over under Eric's wedding two years. <laughs> I think I'm. I, I'm pretty sure I'm. Gonna I'm gonna last. take the over. Yeah, I think I'll take the over on that. But yeah, yeah, really, really excited for that. And uh, yeah, I mean that's that's pretty much it, man. I'm kind of sad that the season has come to an end because I've enjoyed doing these every week. But all good things must come to an end. So yeah, we will. Uh, that's how my marriage ended. That is for sure. I said good things though. <laughs> so anyways. Good for a little while. <laughs> Anyways, uh, we will we'll check in later uh, for uh, truck driver uh, Danny Ortiz. This is Eric Lebu for the final time in 2017 signing off. Slide into my DMs for the truck driver joke. We'll check in next season, guys. We're out of here.